some cool boss guy. Gino and AJ from LA Speedweed, you are live. Are you tweeting? I was well, retweeting just, your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Joe just recorded a jingle for us, so yeah, that's let's, your jingle. Let's, let's pull that. Do, 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 do. <laughs> that should be your new ringtone. Um, first of all, Gino has been my friend for a long time, and uh, he's basically uh, he's the guy that turned me on to this whole LA marijuana delivery scene that uh, is going on in LA, which was amazing for comedians and for anybody who has a medical card, where you could just call this cool dude and he would tell you what the great stuff is and you hang out with him and talk with him and you could buy it and it was all totally legal and above board. It was all good. But somewhere along the line, some fuckery ran afoot and <laughs> mm -hmm. they, uh, they came up with some new political rules that keep marijuana delivery services from operating, because explain it, because you, the, essentially the way they've set it up is like you would have to have had a license to operate in each one of the houses that you're delivering to. Is that how it works? Well, uh, it used to be called the Wild West, you know, out here in California uh, for medical marijuana. Um, and it, it very much was until they uh, wanted to regulate it. And most of the people wanted it regulated because they wanted marijuana. So yes, let's take let's have marijuana. Yes, let's regulate it. However, no, the, but hold on. People think that marijuana is legal in California, but it is it is not. Absolutely not. What we have is protection from prosecution. That's what we have, which right. means that law enforcement can knock your door down, take your stuff, take your weed, take your cash, take whatever you got there, and you can show them all the papers in the world, and they're like, "That's great. That's cool. We're glad you're legal. Bring it to the judge, and you'll be good to go." And you'll get your stuff back in a year, and you guys will be fine. And that's happened to us. So, But do you get your stuff back? Because I've heard yes. there's a lot of people that have never gotten their we, stuff back. We always have. We, so how long have they kept your stuff for? Uh, uh, over a year. A year. So, so if you have if you have weed over a year, they're not they're not taking care of it. It's it's done. Um, so you know, that weed's useless. It's useless. So you lose how much money? Uh, and well, bust like that. Well, you don't have to say. It, it a substantial amount of money. Substantial amount of money. Yeah, of course. And so they give you the cash back. They'll give you it. <laughs> they again. You, they actually cut you a check. Yes, they cut uh, you a check for the cash from the district attorney's office. Um, I have one uh, hanging on AJ's wall in his office <laughs> of them returning thousands, a few thousand dollars to us. Um, which, because again, when there was any sort of trouble, it was. All right, you have to go see a judge. You go see the judge, and the judge looks at the paperwork. And in, in our, our first case, the judge said, we've never seen a more compliant company in California and <laughs> uh, dismissed without prejudice. And our lawyer asked, instead of dismissing without prejudice, we actually would like that entered in uh, to the record that you're calling LA Speedway the most compliant marijuana company you've ever ever dealt with. So we had it entered into the in, into the um, into the record. <laughs> it didn't translate though. It didn't. Yeah. Tra I have a lawsuit on my desk that is. I'm holding my hands 18 inches apart. By the way, that is that high mm -hmm. of this lawsuit from the city. It's just super unfortunate because it's obviously <laughs> not the will of the people. You know, whenever something's not the will of the people, like it's it's clear by all the gentlemen in this room, we're all grown adults and we all enjoy marijuana. We all have responsible lives. We all do stuff. We all get things done, and we all enjoy it. Yeah. And we're taxpayers. We're normal people. We're not freaks. Mm -hmm. We're not like ne'er do wells or someone who's clinging off the system and and fucking up, you know, uh, social systems that we've set up for people that 
are trying to get by in this world? No. And, and no, regular we're just, folks. We're just guys. Yeah. And let's, let, let's talk about what you said just before, the will of, uh, of the people. Um, when they voted on this um, this pro- Proposition D, which is a zoning law. No, hold on. Have you, any of you guys even ever heard of zoning ordinance measure D? Has anyone heard of that? That's, no. Of course not. Of course not. Right. Has yeah, anyone but, heard but, of it? But hold on. We haven't heard of any zoning. That's, that, uh, nobody does. Ever. That's the thing is right? nobody pays attention to zoning laws. So now Speedweed and services like ours that are doing things the right way are closed in, in the city because of a zoning ordinance that was passed because all these pot shops are opening up. So they said they're opening near schools and churches. Got to protect the children. Isn't gotta it regulate. hilarious that opening them near churches is an issue? Mm-hmm. It should like, be it's separation, politics. church and state. <laughs> it's politics. Yeah. Well, they, they say that during the old days of the Catholic Church, when they would walk down the aisle with that incense thing, they would be burning marijuana. Mm-hmm. Like That's what they would be burning, and they'd be wafting it through the room as they walked by. You know, you know those things that they yeah. carry yeah. around? Mm-hmm. They, sure. Those things had weed in them. There's a pamphlet online about... That marijuana might not be, in the that Bible. That might not be true, but it seems like it's not true. <laughs> well, let's just run with it. Don't even Google it, Jamie. Well, Genesis 147. It was I have it. In there. That's probably one of them Todd McCormick quotes. Yeah. But, he probably but, told me that. I'm like, oh, that's a fact for sure. I'm not even going to bother looking that up. The wine is acid. <laughs> Sounds so good. But certainly cannabis has been part of the for uh, sure. human uh, record since, since the beginning. Right. Well, it's a bizarre time we live in, and it's, it's a, a long complicated explanation if someone who's never heard it before is like well how did it get illegal most of it got illegal because of William Randolph Hearst yes which is bananas that here we are in 2016 and this fucking crazy man from the 1930s who is running all these newspapers running everything and the the man that Citizen Kane's based on the Orson Welles movie he was just a maniac and he decided to get marijuana, to make it illegal so that hemp would be illegal. Correct. Because yeah, he owned the newspapers, he mm-hmm. owned the timber industry. And, and you but th- it is insane that the, the propaganda that this guy created in the 1930s, even though we recognize it, everyone knows it. It's a fact. You can watch it. Yep. You can watch Reefer Madness. You can see what's written down, what they, were, what they were attempting to do to make it illegal. The fact that it still sticks in 2016... Mm-hmm. And you couldn't smoke that stuff that they that the hemp anyway. No, no, and hemp, well, hemp smoke is it. not psychoactive. No, we, well, that is the craziest part. Like we on it, we sell hemp, but we have to buy it from Canada. Yes, buy it from Canada mm-hmm. and bring it down to the United States because even though it's legal and it's not psychoactive, these farmers they can't grow it. I mean, they're, they're starting to try to change those laws. But as far as I know, I mean, I don't know of any large scale hemp growing operations here in the United States not yet. yet. It's Not too yet. dangerous. But China's just yeah. just dedicated millions of acres but to hemp. So, your own, your own, you have to worry about your own government mm-hmm. when you're growing yes. a plant that you make clothes out of, right. that you make paper out of. That's all they're doing with it. Like, let's be really clear on that. that the hemp that they're growing, you can't get high off of it. Right. Correct. It's totally non-psychoactive, and yet could. it's federally illegal. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking plant that makes the best clothes. It makes way stronger fabric, way stronger paper. You can eat it. It has all the essential amino acids. It's like a full, complete amino acid profile. It's like one of the very few plants mm-hmm. that's like that. You can make biofuel out of it. You can make it's fucking livestock crazy. food. You look at old Ironsides, the USS Constitution. The flag and the and the and the sails are made of hemp, and they're yeah. still those are the original things from well, hundreds of years ago. It's one of the best things that nature's ever created. This fucking fiber. It has this incredibly powerful fiber, like. Um, 
uh, who the fuck was it? One of my friends has uh, an actual hemp stalk, and uh, I was over his house and I picked it up, and I was like, whoa. This is like a fucking alien plant, right? Because it's hard as like a hardwood, tensile like strength stronger than steel when it's wound. Properly. Yeah, so it feels mm-hmm. hard like oak, but it's light like balsa wood. Yep, it's really weird. Yeah. You can make spaceships out of the shit. It feels like it's light and strong, <sighs> and, and we're not using no. it because it's illegal. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Parachutes used to be made out of it. Uh, 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 I know George Bush Senior jumped out of a plane in a, a with a hemp parachute. Um, you know, so so all canvases, well, all canvases. The Mona Lisa was yes. painted on cannabis. Mm-hmm. It was founding, made on on hemp. Our founding fathers had hemp fields in their farms because hemp cleans the fallow fields after wheat fucks up your fields and corn fucks up your fields. Hemp goes in there, cleans it all out. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's it's such an identifier of how goofy people are here in 2016 that that's an issue. Yeah, that we're dealing with this weird hemp thing. Because it's related to marijuana. Like, does, anyone so list, gonna, does anyone hear this though? Yeah. I mean, do people really with with Trump and Hillary and Bernie? Do people really care that they do? They don't w- know. William Most Hurst. people don't know. Most people have no idea. Most people think that there's some health related risks, and that's reason why it was mm-hmm. made illegal. That's why we're it's so fr- such a frustrating time for us because we start talking about zoning ordinance D, and people are like, "Oh, I'm so bored. Can't we just get baked? What do you mean you're out of business?" Well, don't you feel like how long are you guys in the business? About six years. Six years, yeah. yeah. Um, six years. How much has changed in six years? Because so much. Since I've had a card, I got my card in. <sighs> It was the nineties, I believe. In the nineties, yeah. So there was one. So there was just one state. Yeah. It was here. Yeah. When we got in the business, there was about five states that were legal. Now there's twenty four. When Florida's going to go, that's going to be twenty five plus DC. It's half the country. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And yeah. CBD is, uh, if you include CBD, there's only like seven or eight states that are not participating. Like yeah, seven or eight states. I guess now I think about it. I guess it was more like two thousand one. It's that's still card. way early. But my, mm-hmm. my point was going to be that it's way more relaxed now. It's way more prevalent. I used to have to go to Inglewood. I go to Inglewood Wellness Center. Mm-hmm. Is in the hood, son? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One of the gentlemen that worked there got shot, and that's when I stopped going to that place. <laughs> but that's, know, how, that's yeah. how it was when we started. Right. Well, when we started, AJ wasn't much of a smoker when I moved out here to California. Um, and, uh, you know, he it's was... condescending. Now you're being condescending a little bit. <laughs> Are you guys fucking with each other right now? <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, uh, we were working in technology uh, for the government before I, we started Speedweed together. Uh, we you guys partner. are CIA. I knew uh, it. And, uh, I knew it. They've uh, infiltrated. You know, um, don't put me in Sturgill Simpson's uh, category. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you this story real quick. Um, Sturgill Simpson was on stage. And some dude yells out in the audience, Sturgill, please tell me you're not really a CIA assassin. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he just shrugged and went on to the uh, next that, song. That should be the answer. <laughs> that that fucking Wheeler Walker Jr. How funny is that dude? Um, oh, my God. He's hilarious. So so AJ was, um, uh, we were working in a stressful environment, uh, working for Congress uh, uh, at the time. And he was actually drinking to medicate himself as we were, you know, working, uh, uh, doing technology coding and, and things like that. And uh, he started um, playing with uh, neurotropics to say, you know what, I'm not going to drink anymore. And I said, instead of neurotropics, why don't you try cannabis? You know, um, why I, I was that guy who had the shelves of modafinil and, and neuropept and all, and, you know, L-theanine, all these different crazy things that you can get on or off the market. And Gino's like, just smoke this. 
just put all that shit away, put the booze <laughs> away, and just smoke this. I'm like, no, it's going to make me freak out. Well, one thing that nootropics do help, it helps me maintain memory while under the influence. Because it's one of the, the, the most slippery things about being under the influence of pot is the memory. is like it, The memory mm-hmm. gets real slippery. Sure. Yeah. I think I, I gave him alpha brain also uh, when we first first started. Yeah, that'll yeah. help. Um, some people say that nicotine actually helps in some strange way. I, I use nicotine every day. Yeah, that you nicotine I've never smoked. What? You know, yeah. he, he started he started uh, chewing the nicotine gum. You know, a few oh, years ago, yeah. and I said so I can't believe it. I love it. Yeah, well, it's, this is what it is. Like nicotine itself apparently has uh, similar effects to a lot of nootropics, and that it does something to stimulate your brain function. But smoking is fucking horrible for yes. you. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not really the getting of the nicotine, which is so confusing because you automatically assume nicotine equals lung cancer. Everybody dies. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Why do they do it? And then you, why are you doing nicotine? And you go, no, 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 no. It's the smoking of these chemicals that's fucking up your lungs and it's giving you cancer. It's right. irritating your lungs. You, you know when people cough, it's harsh, fucks your lungs up, you get cancer, you die. That's what's going on. It's not the nicotine's fault. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nicotine itself is some sort of a very strange compound that sort of like stimulates your mind a little bit. Yeah, I think it's the drug that just knows. Like if you're mm. wired, it relaxes you. If you're a little bit cloudy-headed, it gives you a boost of energy. Dude, it sounds like it's in your veins. You're, like, you're That's your friend. I'm jealous. I'm it's jealous like the it. drug who knows, man. The <laughs> drug just, knows. The drug knows. <laughs> a boy has no name. The gum is so gross. <laughs> you're, I, I love you're it. deep in, man. Look at you. The drug that knows. That's hilarious. <laughs> Four milligram coated fruit flavored from Target. Oh, I'm down. So, so me as his brother, <laughs> I was. Well, I wanted. I wanted to do what I could to try and help help this situation. It wasn't. Didn't really need to be helped that much. But I said, look, you should just try try marijuana. Um, it's it's what regulates my mood and has since I was was I, I've been smoking almost daily since 15 years old, um, and uh, so I. So I said, let's 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 go to the doctor, and uh, and he didn't want to go to the doctor with me. No, <laughs> there's no because this is back in the early days when everything was sketchy. So we go to this office building that is up in San Fernando, and there's like barbed wire around the building. We go in the sketchy office building, and I'm I'm freaking out the whole time. You know, our dad's a cop. You know, we've got clearance from the government. Uh, what are we? This is crazy. And Gino's just like, chill. Let's do. It. We're fine. You know, chew your nicotine. Let's go. And we go into this office, this doctor's office. It's clearly not a doctor's office, and they say, you know, the doctor will see you both now. And now I'm freaking out thinking, like, what, I have to, like, get undressed in front of my brother and sit on the paper with this doctor. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And we just go into a room, and there's a table, and he sits across from us. And he asked me first, unfortunately, why do you need weed? And I said, I, you know, and I'm staring at him. My brother's looking at me, and I can feel him going, don't fuck this up. Like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> so he's like, oh, you have stress? I said, yes. He said, you have trouble sleep? I said, yes. He says, okay, you have weed. And he called it weed. He called it weed. And then he goes to my brother, why do you need weed? And my brother goes, I have stress and trouble sleep. He's like, okay, you have weed. And we had got these papers, and it that felt so sketchy. But we went to a dispensary that afternoon, and it was like, Amazing. Yeah, those early people that started up open dispensaries like the Inglewood Wellness Center, mm-hmm. those people were like the pioneers in the wild, wild west. That is a gangster move, man. Yeah. Well, it took almost so, a criminal element to, to be in business at that point. And that's why we're going back to these laws that say you had to be in business before 2007 in order to even be considered in these few 
that are allowed. Well, uh, let's explain. Let's explain the whole zoning thing. So the the issue is delivery, right? That's what right. the issue is. So Prop D is what governs all of LA's marijuana laws. That's a zoning law. Um, so there's 135 shops that are allowed. Those are the ones that have been operating since 2007. They're called pre-ICOs. Any other shop you go to is illegal. Any delivery service you use in the city of L.A. is illegal, according to Proposition D, which we are fighting in court, by the way. We are fighting that. And hmm. that law just came out in, in uh, 2012. No, that, 2014. 2013, 2014. So we had been in business for years. We had already been working with the state government for years on on the process of legalization we advise the state assembly we're the only retail company on the on the board of equalization stakeholder panel I, I know i'm in the weeds right now but like we are the company that instead of suing us you should have just said hey guys what's a good way to do this you know that, that's important to talk about that uh, um you know the board of equalization is kind of like the irs for the state if you're a, a commercial business you pay your taxes to the board of equalization well the board of equalization chose our company as the one retail company that they wanted to present to the legislature to to the people with um with we presented with the new york uh state uh, i mean uh, the california state troopers um the, yeah, the highway patrol the teamsters insurance company and an app company and us can i just say the board of equalization <clears throat> just that that name it sounds like some sort of an overseer in a Woody Allen movie about the future. They kind of are. The they, Board of Equalization. <laughs> like, the, like that's some, like, fucking utopian nightmare Fear movie. Them. Right? Fear Where them. you have to mm -hmm. sit How are you equal? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you know, just try to be a good neighbor. Not good enough, white man. See, any business owner hears Board of Equalization <laughs> and they're freaking out. That's like a they're, scary they're laughing. They're laughing, but they're also afraid. What does equalization mean? It, we must Is that a real we... word? That seems like they made that word up. Now that I think of it, that's kind of fucked up that it's called equalization. Like, we're going to take the business's money and give it to y'all here so we can all get equalized. Yeah. That doesn't, th that doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Some people are lazy. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. There's got to be a way, though. They think that a universal basic income, that giving people $13,000, though, like giving everybody thirty, like some the, Michael Shermer actually just tweeted this, mm -hmm. who's that really intelligent skeptic guy. Um, and they think giving people $13,000 a year, like giving it to everybody, would reduce crime, uh. would reduce poverty. It would give people chances to pursue other things if they had universal basic income. It's a really strange concept because it's one of those things that everybody has an e-jerk reaction to. I definitely did. I heard it and I was like, what? Get out of here. You can't just give people money. People are too lazy. But the more um, I read about it and the more I see people who are – quite a bit more educated than me on this subject they, they think that it's possible that doing something like that would actually cost less money in the long run hmm. because it would start a cascade of positive events that giving people enough money to get by on right that that would start like a series of events in a lot of these people's lives where issues would be taken care of that are insurmountable otherwise yeah, and then yeah. it'll start some momentum in a positive way and that you're gonna deal with less crime and you're going to deal with less violence, so you're going to deal with less need to deal with the problems and the financial repercussions of crime and violence. It'll overall cost less money to the community. I'm and skeptical, though. My, my knee jerked yeah, when I heard this. Of course. I did. Mine did, too. And uh, I was uh, first talking about it with my friend Eddie Wong from uh, Vice, from that Vice show. Yeah. Um, 
what's his fucking show called again? Wong's World or some shit? Wong's World. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, But he brought it up, and I was like, what? Get the fuck out of here. And then um, when I realized that there were a lot of people bringing this up, I said, okay, well, let me me put my knee down. (laughs) (laughs) The knee jerk. Mm -hmm. Let me just open-mindedly look at this. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking in the point, like, if you give people money, they're just going to uh, be lazy, and they're never going to get anything done. You're going to deal with a bunch of lazy people. The like, lotto effect. Right. Mm-hmm. The, like the worst fears that people have when they worry about welfare, that you create yes. a welfare environment where people get accustomed to that, and they, they have no ambition, and nothing ever gets done. It's almost a way to poison people's ambition is to give them money. Like Switzerland just uh, had this thing where they were going to give everybody, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like $2,500 a month, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. just like free income. And then... Uh, to hope that that would pay for everyone to be like uh, n- just a little bump, so they would keep their jobs and stuff like that, and their like their shitty jobs would feel a little bit better. But then they they, uh, they denied it. Yeah, and, it didn't pass. Uh, yeah, it didn't pass. But that would hmm. be interesting. Everybody getting free income. You, like, well, yeah, that's the idea behind this. And, and Switzerland think, is like a very inclusive country where everyone serves in the military mm-hmm. and has to participate. That would be a good yeah. place to try something like this because America's. Obviously, a little bit more loosey goosey with that kind of shit. <laughs> we are. We, I mean, we, we have spread that. We, we dollar bills, y'all. Right. It's also government. how much. How big is Switzerland? Like, how many people live there? I mean, that's that would be like giving universal basic income to L.A. Right. You know, really. That I mean, those are the we, arguments for like universal health care and all that. Well, it works in Finland. Well, mm-hmm. Finland is like the They're size tiny. of Long Island and Westchester County. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's tiny. I mean, just think about like the stuff that flies in Canada. Right. You know, Canada is a totally different country. They're connected mm-hmm. to us, but they're fucking completely different. Mm-hmm. And they're right there. So if anybody says it works for Canada, like, there's only 30 million of them. That's right. right. They have a huge fucking country. And there's only 30 million people. And they're just nicer. They are. You they're can, just nicer. If there's a Canadian in the room, you, told, you know it immediately. Yeah. They're nicer. They're like some of the nicest fucking human beings on the planet. It's the one country that I wouldn't think twice. I wouldn't think twice about moving to Canada. Well, they're ahead of the curve on cannabis for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Delivery is the only option in Canada. Right. And it's government sanctioned. Yeah. The government is essentially this new guy that has gotten in. What's the new guy's name? Uh, the young guy. The young guy. Yeah. Right. Handsome fellow. Trudeau. Yeah. Trudeau, Trudeau, thank right. you. Mm-hmm. I got to think of the guy from Doonesbury. That's right? how I do it too. That's how I do it too. <laughs> the government's also behind their alcohol sales, also in in Canada. Like you can't buy liquor unless it's through the government. Whoa, yeah, I don't know how controls. I feel about that. I, I don't, I'm government's not. Government's a, a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. in Canada. Hmm. In Canada. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of. I, I'm very. I'm very libertarian, so I don't like the government involved wherever possible. Yeah, they had some interesting rulings about comedy up there too. There was. There was that one guy that got heckled by some women in a uh, nightclub in Vancouver. And apparently they were really drunk and, you know, things happen in comedy clubs. People mm-hmm. get crazy. They yell things out. You're serving people drinks. They're going to get crazy. They're going to yell right. things out. So he was yelling things at them and he said a bunch of rude stuff about them being lesbians, a bunch of homophobic stuff. And uh, they sued him and they won. $15,000. Uh, they won $15,000. Suing. Know. You know, the problem with that is, man, once people start hurling insults at each other, like the women hurled insults at the comedian, the comedian hurled insults at the woman. I don't know who started it off. I think that would be imperative to find out who started it off. 
But um, I know that the guy was on stage doing stand-up. So they're they're not supposed to be yelling. This isn't a conversation. Right. If they're talking to him, I guarantee you, unless he's a a crowd worker, I don't know if he does, he's a guy that works crowds, but I guarantee you, most likely, he was getting interrupted. So yeah. he's trying to do his act for all the people in the room, and he was getting interrupted, and then it got ugly. Uh, right. And what's the answer? To have people sign waivers before they walk in the comedy clubs? It's, it's silly. <sighs> it's yeah. just you can't... You can't you know, there's like, that unspoken you can't have rule. A money, a, a monetary no. reward for someone that heckled. You shouldn't be able to extract Cause money from a comedy club like that. Because well, you look, can go in trying to make it happen. Exactly. Well, look, you go to a baseball game, you get hit with a foul ball, you die. You can't sue anybody because it's kind of a given that dangerous shit is flying around, balls are fast and hard. Yo, fuck baseball. I didn't know that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> and golf. But if, so fuck you go golf. to a comedy club. Oh my God, fuck golf. Comedy club, first rule is you're in the audience, shut the fuck up. Second yeah. rule is the let the comic say what he wants to say and you might get offended. That's the chance you take going in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to stand up for the hecklers in any way, but the only way that it could be different is if it's like Rick Ingram works the crowd constantly, you know, talks to people. And if you have a thin skin, he's hilarious. But if you have a thin skin, he'll fuck with you. Right. You know, and like maybe you didn't want that. And so maybe you insult back and, you know, Rick knows how to handle stuff like that. But I'm saying if he's one of those kind of comedians that that works a crowd. That's cool. It, you know, but who, it could have been that he insulted them first. That's right. the only time that I could see where they would get pissed off. There's but from what I understand, they had been heckling all night. That was according to his version of the story, which it's not like people wait to heckle. You know, someone who's a heckler, if there's four comedians in the night and the fourth guy goes up, that person's probably been heckling all night. Mm -hmm. they're right. Just, they're just going to keep doing <laughs> Now they're just drunker. Exactly. <laughs> Does this scare you, though, like like doing material in Canada in the future? If it gets heated with, like, you and a heckler, are you going to be like, shit, this is Canada. I better step back a little before I call her this and that or him and this and that. Because I mean, that kind of that kind of opens the door for this to be able to like, oh, now we're allowed to sue if this per if, if uh, the comedian isn't mean to me. Yeah, well, well it's a, it's a dangerous precedent to set, and, and does does not make me comfortable. And hopefully, I'll never have to deal with it when I'm up there. But what about just, Montreal, though? I mean, I've, the I night like there is like makes New Orleans look like lame, mm. look like Provo. Montreal's, Montreal's awesome. a beautiful town too i love performing there i find crowds in canada to be really polite i mean i've had some hecklers in canada but you're gonna have hecklers when you get people drunk they're, they're gonna fuck it up the, o the only thing you could do is probably like they're do doing uh, uh in south carolina you just you have to boycott it to make some kind of change you know uh how they're you know boycotting south carolina no one's gonna boycott and... going to vancouver because of this one <laughs> no the, the, no the loophole is at the end of heckling you could just say just kidding <laughs> that doesn't work. You're like a fucking dude that thinks I know what I'll do when a plane crashes. I'll just jump out at the last second right, right. before it hits the ground. At the end, go allegedly. Yeah, you don't understand physics. <laughs> not that I do, but yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's not a good thing. It's definitely not a good ruling. Yeah, the fact that that he lost is very yeah. dangerous for. Well, well there's another future. one going on right now. Really? Where yeah, another guy got in trouble. Um, what is his name? Chris something or other. He's a comic from Montreal. I think he speaks both languages. I think he speaks French and English. C Chris Wade is that his name? You see, they don't, they don't have the pesky First have Amendment to? to deal with, no. I guess. Yeah, so this is what happened with this gentleman. Well, find out this dude's name. He's a dude who's getting sued because there was a sick kid, and he made a joke about it. That's right. He, ah. uh, 
the the joke was it was something I'm gonna paraphrase it I'm gonna do a shitty job but that a lot of people donated money because this kid was dying but then he lived for like several years and then the joke was hey you know he's not even sick or something like that mm -hmm. Mike, Ward. Mike Ward that's it what it, what is the joke P pull up, pull up the joke so we could analyze it <laughs> <laughs> what did he say oh no. I'm afraid. What was? Does it say what the joke the joke is? Oh, oh, that kid's got a serious illness. No, it doesn't. That's not a Snapchat hmm. filter. Hmm. Um, we're looking for whatever the joke was. It doesn't. Does it show the actual joke or no? No, I don't think so. No. Mm. Maybe it might have been too offensive. <laughs> So, that's the thing is in this room where it's like no rules I'm afraid to even make a comment on that that's joke you could play the joke I'm not gonna laugh I'm not gonna smirk mm -hmm. <sighs> there's, there's a bunch of comedians you know that really enjoy saying ridiculous shit that they don't really mean because it's funny because it's so shocking and ridiculous that it's funny there's a real danger in pretending that those guys are just speaking their absolute mind and like giving affidavits in court relaying incidents with a cold hard disengagement from the facts no these are comedians trying to say fucked up shit that they don't really mean and one of the reasons why it's funny is because you know they don't really mean it and they're saying it and it's ridiculous like brian holtzman right he's brian a Holtzman's great example my perfect example he's one of my favorite comedians ever and he's so ridiculous he says things that i don't want to give away any of his material but he says things that he absolutely does not mean right and he says it in this character, and it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. But it's a landmine for anybody looking to point to a guy's performance on stage and try to pretend that somehow or another what he's doing is what he really means. Right, and you, if you see audience members getting angry at it or, or, or something, it, it's, it's hard to imagine how they can't see that it's a character. Yes. You know? It's not hate speech, it's just a set. I'm well, just doing material. I maybe think that we're too close to it, honestly, because I think if someone didn't know, it might take them a few minutes. Like, say if you're not a savvy comedy store regular type person or someone who enjoys comedy on a regular basis, you could go and watch Holtzman and go, what the fuck is going on here? And that might that what the fuck is going on here might last 10 minutes <laughs> before you catch on. Like, that this guy, because he'll let you in on it. And he'll smirk and, and joke in between, you know, his, his ramblings. But... I could see people not getting it. Well, that, that's the thing. He'll he'll jerk and uh, you know make the smirk in be, in between things. But the people who are already mad, they skip yes. over that part. Yes, you know, yeah. they, they just think he's a crazy person. Right. He never justifies though, because I mean, I I think I've seen in your special, you say, I a lot of this is just comedy, people. Yeah. But does he ever say no? No. no. He did no, just like no, no. he did a 15 minute version of his gay son the other day. I had never <laughs> oh seen the full 15 minute version oh of it. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> that could be a comedy special. Just that 15 minute uh, version. Yeah, that is the best example of his bits too. <laughs> as far as like the most fucked up thing you could imagine, yeah. like in in joke form. But it's obviously not true. It's, <laughs> it's so preposterous when he gets into it. It's, Oh my God. God, it's funny, and it, it, is. it could offend people, you know. And if it does, <sighs> to live in a punitive society that that he can't perform, be an artist and perform his art because he has to worry about being sued. Yeah, he's already not making enough money to be sued for. Exactly. You know? Well, here's the thing: you have the right to be offended. 
You, but you d people don't have to agree with your opinions on things. So if you're going to see art, right, whether or not you think stand-up comedy is art, you're creating it, right? You're creating that. This guy is performing art. You either like it or you don't like it. And if you don't like it, you you don't have the right to interrupt it. You're supposed to leave. Just leave. That's what a polite person does. Mm -hmm. I've seen some stuff that I didn't like and I left. I've gone to see a movie and I didn't like it and I left. That's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But to interrupt it for everybody else that's watching the movie, that's a, that's a piece of shit move. So this to, to, you're rewarding someone who did a piece of shit move. It's like it's not a good person. You know, a good person doesn't heckle. I mean, it's not that people who are hecklers are bad people, but they're drunk and fucked up, and that makes them a, a pain in the ass, you know? But a lot of drunk, fucked up people are actually good people, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. But when you reward that kind of behavior like this, like, you could say that you think that the comedian's not funny. You could say, don't ever go see him. You could cast judgment. You could do whatever the fuck you want. But to say he owes her $15,000... Then it's like, okay, who is the retard in charge here? Right. Who the, who the fuck said yes to this? Is now, this what a you... judge? Is this a group of people? Mm -hmm. Can I sit down with you fucks and, and talk to you and try to figure out what the fuck is going on in your mind? Right. You're going to charge him? AJ, what's the punitive rule for, for the labeling uh, that, uh, you know, that you have to put the cancer... Oh, that's Proposition 65. You have to label all marijuana products with this with this warning label that says uh, this product is known to contain chemicals that may cause cancer. So every, even though cannabis is known to treat cancer, it's known to, not proven to, but known to because we can't do the right research, every piece of cannabis has to have this, this label on it or else you can be fined for not having this, this label, again, punitive society. And we got sued. We got sued for not having the labeling on our packaging, even though we did. So so they decided to put a lawsuit against 400... 800. 800. 800. Just, they just went through weed maps and just sued everybody. Everybody. So, we're, so they just did it just to try to scratch some money out of you. Yeah. They said, we'll make this go away. Pay us a settlement. And we'll make it go away. Wow. And this is what this person has done to hundreds and hundreds of businesses that's how they make their living and she sued us in tw 2014 it's like a patent troll right that's crazy and, and how all much of our products want? have it on it so we we were sued without even one burden of proof because when we got it we're like look our, our, everything has it on it. So did they just say the lawsuit's invalid? Or no, do you no. still have to go through with it? No, we still got to go through with it. You so can, did you go through with it? We're, we we're filing right now. And oh after it's filed, God. then I've got to file a complaint with the bar and do all this bullshit. Because anybody can sue anybody now. And it's really, really hurts businesses. It hurts good people. So how much did they want to settle? About $20,000. Oh, my God. So, they're fucking criminals. They're, but yeah. they're just stealing money from yeah. people. Wow. From dispensaries, because they think they have it. But wow. the, where they made their money is uh, on, I, I mean, every place ha has to have it. If you walk into Target, you walk into Walmart, they all have to have have this uh, thing. Because anything that has plastics in it or, or anything. Oh, I see it, that it, sign it, everywhere now. Once you mm -hmm. get sued, yeah, you, you're looking you, everywhere. You see, and, and that—that's the law. You gotta right. have it posted. So just like you'll never hear the word lesbian in Vancouver again. That—that's those. The glory days are done. You just, you <laughs> Is that what he yelled? He just yelled out lesbian. Uh, Is that? I don't know what he said. I don't remember what he said, but I've heard worse. So, so it's too litigious of our society. Yeah, it's too well, much. you can't. So it's big not even companies, our society; it's their society. Well, yeah. big, bigger companies will just settle because yeah. it's easier to just settle. Mm -hmm. But you know, uh, 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 smaller companies, 
uh, I guess they think because marijuana you just have so much money. However, our tax burden is almost 70%. There's there's no real money in it when you're do, doing things by the book. Right. Um, yeah, they just passed another <clears throat> 15% sales tax on top of marijuana, y'all, in California. Just got passed this week through the Senate and the Assembly. The governor signs that. Another 15% tax is coming our way. And that wow. gets passed to the consumer. Yeah. Um, on I, top of the sales tax, on top of the city tax, on top of excise tax, and some of the cities and, and counties in California having another another 10 or 15% on top of it. They're also taxing the growers now also, they I heard. Yes. So they're taxing anything that, that yep. has anything to do with what you get as a final product. Correct. So if that's the case, why would they be trying to stifle business? Wouldn't they want to promote business because business is going to give them more tax revenue? This, is, a, this is the it's California. paradox. It is. Is. And it it's is. because, and a lot of it is because of law enforcement unions, and and not just them, but prison guard unions mm-hmm. and all these. There's a lot of unions that put pressure on different politicians to try to keep the laws in place sure. or to make them even stricter, because they want more people to get arrested. Mm-hmm. Privatized prisons, subsidized prisons. It's I, so that is such a dark concept that this is something that we're really dealing with. It, we really are, and the problem is the penalties for the users, like having a joint, is so, are very small. But the penalties for the business for doing it the wrong way are huge. Like our business is being crushed right now over a stupid zoning suit. Um, so there's this big gap between the business penalty and the consumer penalty so that the business has no incentive really to do it the right way yeah. so because the consumer what you're going to go into a shop and ask them hey do you pay your people on the books you know can i see your compliance packet no you just go 40 dollar eighth i love that og i'm buying it you know so with all these taxes that 40 dollar eighth has got to go to 100 dollars. are we going to pay that or are we just going to go and call our our dealer or whoever that we've been using for 20 years so it's going to yeah. it's just going to make the black market even uh, broader. Well, that's an issue that they've had in Colorado for sure, but people are happy to pay the taxes because they like the fact that it's free. Like the thing is free there. Like you can mm-hmm. go and you can buy pot. You don't have to have any kind of a license. You don't yep. have to any, and you can just go do it and it's working. So 39% is what they have to pay. Like recreational and medical is much less, but people just pay it. You know, we're not happy about it, but regulation is what we want. We just want to follow. We just want the path to the way to do this right. the correct way. Just make it fair. Yeah. But see, what's going on in Denver should be the shining light for the rest of the states. Because what they've done is they've, 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 they've made money. Like, they have so much fucking money from tax revenue. They made more money from tax revenue than they did from alcohol taxes. Right. So last year, Colorado takes in $40 million in tax revenue from cannabis. California takes in $40 million in tax revenue from cannabis. We have 30 million people in this state compared to Colorado's got, what, 5, 6 million? We're not collecting the taxes here. So if, if the companies are not following the rules as they stand, why are we throwing all these new rules at them and setting up these monopolies like here in L.A. with the monopoly, stifling good businesses? This is, doesn't help us, and it doesn't help the consumer either. It doesn't make any sense. It either. doesn't. It's not like it would be dangerous. It's not like if you get more pot out there, it's going to flood the streets and the people are going to jump from the buildings. It's actually no. less gen- dangerous. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've proven that, and again, that's why we're invited over and over to places like the Board of Equalization and to other uh, places like uh, Oakland. Uh, the city of Oakland wants to follow our delivery model. It's because the way we do things actually creates less... Less uh, um, uh, 
less crime, uh, you know, the less opportunity for crime because it's just we're in your in your living room. You know, we know who you are. You, you sent in your documents. We, we know you live at that address. We know you are, uh, went to a doctor. We, we know everything matches. So no one's seeing you walk in or out of a place with a commodity that that's more expensive than diamonds. You know, right. uh, when when you're looking at, at, at a dispensary, if if people are walking in and out of there with duffel bags, what do you think's in those duffel bags? It's very easy to to uh, to for for crime to happen because it's visible. We've done over two hundred thousand deliveries, zero assaults, zero robberies, zero wow. complaints. Knock on wood, bitch. That's great. <laughs> I, well, Don't just it, let that go. A lot of rates. You know, uh, <laughs> it, 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 that that's an important stat, but it is because we are um, very thoughtful about how how we go about. Um, we well, treat it like a business. Making we do. sure the person is who they are. Mm-hmm. We do a Google search on every single patient. We turn down as many patients as we, we would take, maybe even more, more um, just to, to make sure they are who they say and, and uh, that uh, a background, uh, easy background check doesn't pull up anything that says uh, we shouldn't work with, with uh, someone like that. Yeah, pedophiles apparently love weed, too. But we, we don't love pedophiles, so we don't let them yeah, in, our, in our club. Pedophiles also right. like milk. You know? <laughs> like, what the cookies. fuck yeah. are we doing? So, so the connecting marijuana with crime is so stupid. You and, know? There, and there's no facts to back it up it anymore. It doesn't make any sense. It's just, like, cause just because some people who use it are criminals, that, does, that doesn't mean it's causing anything. So there's no rationale for any of this. And you're fighting against the idea of tax revenue. Like, you're, you're holding back revenue. Because there's a lot of people, if it was, there's a lot of people that are kind of on the fence, like, man, I'd think about opening up a pot store, but fuck, you know, what if uh, Jeb Bush wins? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that think like that. Yeah. Well, th- those people are not going to go in. But if it becomes completely free and legal, the way up. A- you know, a blue jeans store would be blue jeans. What am I, my grandma? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like that. I was just trying for a reference. <laughs> but if that if that bit happens, the store's going to open up everywhere, and the money's going to be crazy. It's going to be a new economy. Well, I mean, it's still really possible to, with yeah. all the people here. Yeah, they'll still have to follow regulations. Yeah. You know, um, it's but, already billions on the books. Well, they should yeah. follow regulations because I don't think this should be available to everybody. I think you, when you're young, especially, like this kind of fucking pop they have here in LA, you imagine if you were a six year old kid in Detroit and you got a hold of this shit? Mm-hmm. No. Woo! No. It's, it's not, six year olds are not ready for this. They're you not. Know? <laughs> it's not, it should definitely, you should definitely come of age. Yes. I don't know what that age is. I think we would have to decide as a society how old someone should be before they start drinking. How, I mean, there's a lot of countries that let kids drink like responsibly with their parents when they're much younger than 21. And they have less incidence per capita of alcoholism than some of the countries that are more restrictive about it. So I don't know who's right or who's wrong. I don't know. I know Americans, you know, it's things that, that work other places, like we said before, don't work here. You know, we, I remember going to Italy as a 16-year-old with school, and the first thing we did was run to, like, a bodega and buy beer because right. you could. Because we're American kids and we're dicks, and you can have beer. So we didn't grow up responsibly, so we weren't acting responsibly. We'd have to, like, shift the whole way our culture is to make those things work. Right. And I don't know how to do that. But I know that weed is the easy problem to solve. Alcohol is a demon that needs to be rooted out of our society. See, I, I, I disagree with you. I disagree with you. No, I, 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 I enjoy the, alcohol. No, I do too, but I mean like... It, <laughs> what the fuck then? I, I mean, to, to, like when we start having the conversation, when people say, let's compare weed to alcohol, I start licking my chops because when you compare it to alcohol, sure. alcohol, is, alcohol is poisonous. 
I dig drinking. I drink yeah. a, a lot, all the time. Um, so I'm not saying get well, rid of it. Why would you? But you did say that though. I, you just misspoke. I, I okay. misspoke. Okay. I, I don't. I, I don't mean pull it away. No, no. I, I understand. Mean, I understand. But let's not demonize marijuana compared to alcohol. Right. No. Well, alcohol definitely ruins more people. It's right. definitely way worse for your body. It's definitely much more dangerous as far as like operating cars and and behavior the way the foolish things that people do when they're drinking yeah all that stuff there's a lot of stuff that's directly attributable to alcohol but so what so what you know look we've survived for so long with alcohol it's the regulations have worked to at least to a a manageable effect but here's what you can't do you can't stop people from doing what they want to do and, why should and you? Not, yeah, exactly. And why is it that you can stop someone from doing that, but you can't stop them from practicing uh, doing flips and BMX bikes? Right. What do you, what do you, you can't? Right. You know, is it because they're 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 driving and and injuring other people? Well, then take away their right to drive. You know, like that's how we have it set up. Though they're injuring people, they're getting in fights. Well, you lock them in jail. Yep. But the rest of the people, leave us alone. Yeah, we should have the right to There's con- too many fucking laws. Right. We can control our own consciousness. Yes. We can control what we put in our bodies. And here's the most important concept. We're all just people. They're all just people, too. Like, you can call them the government. You can call them the police. You can call them the DEA. They're a bunch of fucking people. That's all they are. When you go behind some big, crazy name, like, it's the FBI, open up. People go, oh, shit, it's the FBI. If you go, it's Mike and Steve and Bob, and we want to see what kind of plants are growing. Right. <laughs> Open up. Like, who the fuck are you guys? Right. You guys are just f- some fucking people. So when you write something down on paper, this is how archaic our, our world is. You write something down on paper that decrees power to these regular people. So these regular people all of a sudden have the right to fucking shitstorm your house, kick open your door, shoot your dog, because you have a, a, a bag of pot hidden in your fucking bureau drawer. This is the world we've created. It is. This is the, this is the real world. And, and more people get killed during those raids than pot would ever kill. That's for sure. Pot doesn't kill anybody. That's I, the most ridiculous thing about it. I think the number's it. still zero, right? Zero ever. Mm-hmm. Man, they would be parading it in front of us. Every now and then, like the mirror in the UK or one of those fake newspapers <laughs> will put, a young man dies on marijuana. First known case, but, you know, it's not true. It's not true. You can't. It's like, it doesn't kill you. It's yeah. not toxic. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it might fuck your your head up you could fuck your head up but you should be allowed to make that choice yeah. that I'm gonna fuck my head up yeah and if you're abusing it then the people around you will help you or whatever mm-hmm. you, you know whatever needs to be done dude just like monster energy drinks I know people who drink those things all day long and look I <laughs> love the way those fucking things taste and if you want to stay awake and you're like fuck it we're going in that is the way to go mm-hmm. but you're not supposed to drink like 10 of them in a day no that, right you, that dude needs an intervention some hospital. people are crazy <laughs> they'll drink 10 of those giant red bulls the big red bull you know when they started making red bull like a beer can now mm-hmm. like well, a bud tall boy people drink those all day mostly people that have alcohol problems that want mm-hmm. go to AA they could switch to caffeine so yep. I know like 20 coffees a day for some of these guys. Dude, yeah. I went to the hospital because of those energy drinks from heart palpitations and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, man. Well, you know, they're great if you want one, you know. And Monster's probably actually, like, less caffeine than some of them. Bad. Mon- I mean, the Monster's one of the better ones. They're the better tasting ones. 
The worst one uh, that I ever tried, as far as like the jolt that it gives you, was that red line shit. You remember that? Was mm-hmm. it the, the one I went to the yeah. hospital? Was the Mountain Dew one? <laughs> yeah, they don't even yeah. make that anymore. I, I, was, I, right, it became illegal. <laughs> yeah, it became illegal. Red, red line is what's scary. Red line? It was scary. It was what, a little just... can, and in that can was like fifty doses. Of stupid. <laughs> and, you, and you would down the whole thing, but it was. Um, See if you can find it. How safe are those five-hour energy drinks? I oh, those, those are pretty safe. I pretty safe. Those. those are pretty safe. Those are mostly vitamin B12. Right. They only have, uh, I want to say like 70 milligrams of caffeine. Like a cup of coffee. Yeah, like a cup of coffee. I so don't they're, feel they're the, safe. I don't feel the same drinking that as I do a Red Bull. Really? No, I like it. Yeah. I think it's better. Yeah. I like those B12 drinks. I think B12 drinks are way better. Yeah. Caffeine, 250 milligrams of caffeine. That doesn't seem like that much. Hmm. It doesn't. Maybe just well, that's not an eight- ounce bottle either that is it mm, I guess it says it, it but, says per eight fluid ounce bottle hmm. it was a but how much bottle. is in coffee like if, hmm. if coffee's 50 milligrams maybe, that's I'm, a maybe lot. I'm thinking of the wrong shit i swear i thought it was red line maybe i'm just wrong about the the uh the sheer volume of caffeine in that thing but i thought it was just like ridiculous but anyway i, I drank it whatever it was it was this one or the other one that's like it that i mistake the name for but i'm pretty sure it's this starbucks and I remember thinking, dude, I am just way too jacked up right now. Well, Starbucks heavy caffeine. Yeah, I especially their cold Ooh. brew. I get the sometimes I get the Trenta. Hold the brew. fuck up, a twenty ounce. Yeah, that's a Trenta. No, that's a venti. I get the one above that. They don't even have the numbers for that. But this yeah. is saying a twenty a twenty ounce has four hundred and fifteen milligrams of caffeine. That's in, I would yeah. be in tachycardia. Holy shit, is that real? Iced coffee's more, I believe. Yo, look at this. Decaf has 30 milligrams. <laughs> yeah. <I'll> decaf. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Decaf always has a little. Yeah, I know, but 30 milligrams? I thought it was like five or something. I thought it was like trace amounts. See what the iced coffee is? I believe it's a lot more. Really? Yeah. I get the Trentas or usually. How is that possible? Uh, the cold brew. Three th- Cold brew, 330. Well, I guess it's not more. Mm. But I get the Trenta version, so that's probably more. Yeah, they can't keep serving you like that. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to pull back. See, that's the thing is, is I agree, but then my libertarian side doesn't agree. Like, uh, why well, do you think you should drink that shit all day if you want? Uh, of course. My friend Dave Foley used to drink pots of coffee. Pots, like all day. He'd drink pots of coffee. He had to stop putting cream in because he realized he was drinking a quart of cream a day. I think of that every time I pour cream in my coffee. I think of your stories telling me about that. A quart of cream. <laughs> Just from work? coffee. Yeah, I like that fresh, heavy cream in my coffee, too, That's man. what I'm talking yeah. about, dog. <laughs> yeah, like a dark mm. roast Hawaiian coffee with some heavy cream. Talk slow. Oh, talk yeah, slow. bitch. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. You're going to make me feel good. That's what cold yeah. that Starbucks yeah. is now doing that. They're doing it with their cold brew coffee. They have like a heavy uh, cream that's like caramel mm. or something. They mix through it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it's the the cigarettes and coffee thing are the staples of the alcoholics, right? Mm, yeah. A lot of uh, AA Red people Bull. enjoy those right. cigarettes and they enjoy those uh, those coffees. But you know, in their eyes, yeah. But in, but in their eyes, they feel like they've got the alcohol part under wraps now because this stuff just kind of keeps them going, and this stuff is not ruining their life. Right. I get it. A, a lot of alcoholics use cannabis the same way, um, and uh, that's not really uh, accepted by AA. So mm. I know a lot, a lot of people who have um, kicked their alcoholism by moving more towards cannabis. But again, uh, within the AA community, that they don't like that. That's you know still considered a drug. So you can get addicted to anything, 
You know, whether it's set porn or Big Macs or, or weed, you can get a, a psychologically addicted to anything. But Jamie, didn't the um, guy who created um, Alcoholics Anonymous, didn't he have positive experiences with LSD? <clears throat> That'd be funny. That would be I feel like I feel like he did. Acid's the only thing you're allowed to take, guys. Well, I feel like I feel like uh, that was something that happened, like maybe even uh, after. Well, I don't want to speak out of school. Yeah, yeah? am I right? Yeah, so what the fuck? Well, that's why the government needs Alcohol to lift testing on, <clears throat> on, on a lot of things so we know. Scroll that up, please. Alcoholics Anonymous fo uh, founder uh, believed LSD could cure alcoholism. Wow. Well, you're seeing so much research now in psychedelics that clinics are opening up. There's a clinic in, in L.A. For, for ketamine, you know, wow. and you're seeing MDMA clinics opening so up. Look at this. What most of them do not realize is that the program's co-founder, Bill Wilson, credited the psychedelic drug LSD for alleviating his alcoholism and believed the drug could be used to treat others as well. Holy shit. So those friends of Bill, they didn't get all the information. <laughs> it's kind of like they're the friends of Bill if you're in the Alcoholics Anonymous, right? That's what they call themselves? Like yeah. Friends of Bill? That's like the code? Bill W. But they didn't get that experience. Kind of like the mushrooms huh. and the quitting cigarettes. Yeah. Do you, but do you think they tell them? I never heard this before today. How could you not tell these people? Wilson first became, be, uh, began experimenting with LSD in Los Angeles at the Veterans Administration back in 1956. But after taking his first hit of acid, he realized that it was not the aspect of terror that could help remedy alcoholism, but rather the insight one could attain from stepping into a world of simulated insanity. Whoa. Wilson believed that using the LSD could help the alcoholic discover a power greater than ourselves that, in turn, could restore us to sanity. However, he was adamant that using acid to combat the demons of alcoholism was not something that he could that one could expect from a single dose. <laughs> He's like, more research is required. <laughs> and snacks. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting, man. That's interesting. Yeah, psychedelics, I think, as we experiment with them, like medically, are going to reveal some secrets okay, to but our this guy's This guy's a heavy-duty tripper as they're going further down. He was tripping with Aldous Huxley. Like, this guy, this isn't like one experience he had. Interesting, there's documentation that indicates Wilson was involved with many supervised LSD trials, including some with psychology, uh, psychologist Betty Eisner and Brave New World author Aldous Huxley, which led him to believe that the visions and insights given by L LSD could create a large incentive, at least in a considerable number of people. Huh. And, and so Huxley this was, was like a leader in... Yeah. in they left this out of the AA pamphlet. How do they? How could they leave this out? That's crazy because this seems like this had to play a major part in this guy's ability to kick alcohol. Well, it seems like every major religion also left out the psychedelics that probably created them as well. So I, I think uh, you know it, you have. I think a lot of times you got to leave out the stuff that you think people aren't going to follow you for. Wait a minute, you seeing Alcoholics Anonymous as a religion? Well, uh, Is that what you just said? Cult. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't even believe you, Gino. I thought we were friends. That is, um, that is really wild, man. That's really interesting stuff. But it totally, it totally makes sense that it could help you uh, kick an addiction. That totally makes sense. Because the stark contrast between being intoxicated on it and what it feels like to be normal and this th rethinking, like a reset button, 
that's what all the psychedelics provide that's like really beneficial besides being fun they all provide that reset that that, that takes you so far out of who you are right now that when you come back you go man am i doing this the right way mm-hmm. right you know now that i'm back to sober reality do i need to refocus do the I need disconnection to re- yeah. from your like own ego yeah probably a good idea you know, and yeah, you, you have the uh, organization Maps. Uh, I, you had the the guy from Maps uh, on the podcast who's um, that does the psychedelic research. Um, uh, I forgot what Rick Doblin. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so so just recently, he they, they got um, uh, authorized from the federal government to start doing research on cannabis for the first time the federal federal uh, ban was lifted and it was because because of maps uh that they they were able to get that they were the first ones uh granted that that federal research on cannabis so um so it, it's in in very uh, similar ways we need to do research on lsd we need to do research on psilocybin because there could be medical effects that just like cannabis, we're just denying because of years of, um, you know, this is the way it was. They're bad. They're bad. Jamie, right. put that back up. That 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 quote about Bill. This is crazy. Look at this. It says, uh, unfortunately, LSD made its way into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous simply because others in the hierarchy 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 did not support it as a viable treatment. In fact, a document published in 1984 by Alcoholics Anonymous World Services in New York explained that the reason the program does not endorse the use of LSD as word of Bill's activity, this is all in quotes, as word of Bill's activities reached the fellowship, there were inevitable repercussions. Most AAs were violently opposed to his experimenting with a mind-altering substance. LSD was then totally unfamiliar, poorly researched, and entirely experimental, dot, 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 and Bill was taking it, end quote. (laughs) Boner pills. (laughs) They were scared. They were all scared that this guy was tripping. That's hilarious. So they didn't want to include it, even though the founder of the program found it massively beneficial. And it's almost ironic that that if a users trying to put it in there and they kicked him out, basically. Really? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. What Where is this right up here? here? Oh yeah. He's getting a lot of resistance, so he had to step down. He's chastised for. His wow, that's hilarious. Isn't that crazy? Because Timothy, well. Terrence McKenna attributed this quote to Timothy Leary, but Timothy Leary said he never said it. So nobody knows exactly who said it, but that LSD causes violent reactions to people who have never tried it. What? Well, that's in, uh, yeah. very interesting. The people that haven't tried it are the ones that are oh, freaking right. out. I get it. Not the people who, who are on it. Right. right. Yeah. So do you think LSD, though, for real can solve anything I, i've done it maybe over 200 times and you might not be the best example <laughs> wow well, also when you were taking it 200 times a lot of that was recreational not but i'm sure there were small little things that i was probably going through that i could have used lsd to help me like i like as an example i, I took lsd once after a big breakup did it help me get through that breakup no it did nothing for my breakup you know or were you concentrating on it to try to use it that way or uh, that that's the thing yeah. it's all, also gonna go with your own intention probably yeah but it's not it doesn't work for you it's not like <laughs> 
hey, Kate, clean up my life. I'm going to take some acid. Just <laughs> right. No, you got to do the work yourself. <laughs> right. I just don't like, see it. It, it, it represents what it, well, all these psychedelics, like the good experiences and the bad experiences, represent what's the state of mind when you go into them. That's why the people that take it like really seriously and they, they go through this all meditative ritual and they'll do yoga and they'll do breathing exercises and they'll set like a tone to whatever they would like to go into this experience with and say say that they're going into the experience open and humble and say all these things out loud and then they enter into the psychedelic trip like they they do it that way because they they want to set like an intention if you just broke up with a girl and you take acid, you're like, really think acid's going to fix anything because it didn't help me when I broke up my girl. <laughs> like, that's really what you're but, saying. But you could also be like, hey, I want to quit smoking, take acid, being like, what happened? Did you quit smoking? And like, and I no, I focused on cigarettes, and then the whole place melted, and then my hand turned into a bunch of snakes. So, no, I, I still want cigarettes. But, again, it's not – you you don't really want to quit. If you wanted to quit, you would just quit. Right. But I don't think the acid has anything to do with doesn't that. doesn't help you. It's not going to just decide for you. Like it depends on what's the intention that you go into taking any psychedelic, whether it's mushrooms or whatever. What's the intention that you you go into this this trip with? And you can't think like acid doesn't work because it didn't help me quit smoking. Like you didn't help you quit smoking. Like these are decisions that you make. Yeah, I I just don't see how acid, if, unless it's really bad acid, that will you'll remember anything except melty stuff and 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 like walls melting and okay lizards. I just don't well, on, see on, any on, kind of help. On a lesser <laughs> lesser level, do you feel like cannabis has changed your personality? Because uh, uh, you know that is something you might not go into saying, all right, I broke up with someone, I'm going to smoke weed for it. But throughout your lifetime. Has cannabis had an effect on you that you feel like it's changed your personality? I've been smoking since I was like 14, 15, so I don't even know what my personality was before. If anything, I think marijuana made me more paranoid and scared. <laughs> you know, I was more like freaked out and stuff. But as a medicine for like headaches, and I don't take almost any pills now. I don't have Tylenol in my house anymore. If I, if I have a headache, I use weed. So for that, it has helped me tremendously. But Personality-wise, probably not. It probably made me more paranoid and awful as a person when smoking it. Because I'm, you know, I get panicky. You know, if I if I'm super stoned in a room of people, it's not helping me at all. It's making it worse, if anything. What about you, Joe? You started later. Later, you know, you didn't start as a teenager. So, do you feel like it's made a difference on who you are? Yeah, as a, as absolutely. A yeah, it changes your perspective. It uh, it offers you some uh, a different frequency of insight i would say i think that uh one of the things that's done that's good is it it, it makes me consider things that i might not be thinking about and uh it it gives you almost it illuminates areas of your consciousness that maybe you weren't paying attention to it's you know? made me a nicer guy yeah like i'm kind of a type a high strung guy and like if there's an employee that i just want to strangle I can take a hit of of an OG and suddenly be like, you know, he's 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 all right. Yeah, he's had him on a hard day. Exactly. Instead of accelerating that kind of behavior, right. shitty behavior, it definitely makes you more more inclined towards fellowship and kindness. It's just a it's a really good chemical. You know, it's a really good reaction that your mind has to this natural plant. For creative reasons, 100%. For, yeah. It op definitely opens up a different pathway in your head. I like it for everything. I like it for a lot of different things. I like it, but, but for creative reasons, it's one of the best things. Yeah. Sure. You know, a lot of uh, our uh, celebrity uh, patients that are, you know, working in um, comedy or music or uh, television or, or, or the movies, 
they they want sativas specifically so um they're not down at all because you know sativas are more known for their creativity and and things like that so so we find um people who are working in the creative field they want to smoke sativas you know um which is an important uh distinction between um indicas and sativas a lot of people don't know that different parts uh different types of marijuana can affect you differently you know and um there are some people who are medicating for certain ailments well they should smoke something that specifically works for those ailments if um if you're smoking because you're looking for creativity because you're uh looking for um that uh um you know uh you don't want to lay on the couch and go to sleep then you should smoke smoke sativas um, if you are looking for that, it's nighttime, I want to relax, uh, you know, time to go to bed, you should smoke indicas because that's going to bring you down and give you that body high with, with uh, the CBD chemical that, that's inside. Yep, that's what I want. I'm like Brian. I, don't, I, get, I get jumpy with Steve. I get a little bit freaked out, a little paranoid. Watch but... your pussies move in together. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I think we're neighbors, actually. Yeah, here we are. Uh, yeah. But... I, no, look, I, we've all been too high. You know, yes. everybody's been too high. You know, um, one of the it was like a famous scientists. It wasn't Carl Sagan. It was some other famous scientist. Uh, it was a one of those theoretical mathematician guys who writes all that crazy scribble shit. Mm-hmm. He would just he would just talk about how he likes one hit. That's what he likes to take. Just one hit. Just go for a walk. And all these ideas would come to him. It's like you don't have to get fucking blasted. Mm-hmm. Just one hit. That's why I was so against it at first. Is because I thought one hit made you really fucked up. Because yeah. that's how I saw Gino. But it turned out Gino would say, you were such a dick to me when I smoked weed in your house that I have to go outside, smoke a whole joint in two minutes, and come in and I'd be a mess. So that was what I was exposed to, is I don't want any of that. I didn't realize you could just take one hit and just chill out mm. and, and still work and yeah. still function. Nobody knows. Yeah. And it makes people nicer. It definitely does. It did yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, uh, I think, um, you know, to say that uh, what are the medical effects? What 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 are you treating yourself for? It, it's almost silly to say because everyone else who, who's not really treating themselves for a, a cancer or something like that, they are getting mood regulation out of it. So even if you want to call it recreational smoking, you're still getting mood regulation out of it. And those people who smoke it almost daily or whatever uh, on whatever schedule they smoke it on, they might ha- if they didn't, they might be on Percocet. They might be on you know Wellbutrin. They might be on a million mm-hmm. other other drugs. So to say that recreational use is people just getting high, that's also also not. Um, accepting that people are looking for mood regulation uh, as a, a medical effect. You yeah, and we already have it. it. We already have it with coffee. Yeah, coffee. I mean, yeah, nicotine. Yeah, booze. That's all. It's there's all medicinal. There's yeah. there's so many different things we already accept. Sugar. Yeah. Well, sugar is the scariest one. Yeah. That, that shit's everywhere once you start paying attention to it. But this, the idea is that you should be able to do whatever you want. If you want to eat candy bars all day, mm-hmm. that should be completely up to you. And that's not where we are, you know. And the the fact that that's not where we where where we are with one of the most beneficial plants the world's ever known, because that's really what it is. Especially since its connection to hemp, it's the most beneficial plant the world's ever known, right. and it's illegal. I mean, that doesn't show you how stupid people are. I mean, we're so goddamn goofy. We are, and it's gonna it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Unfortunately, you think because the the laws are such a mess right now. 
Listen, Hillary Clinton's going to fix everything oh, when she gets in office. She's going to be great. She's, she's always work. been top shelf. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Well, who? Donald Trump? Is he going to fix it? He's, he, I don't think he cares. He, Does he, he care? He, I, I, don't, I, I know he doesn't care. I know that for a fact. Do you think he would uh, legalize marijuana nationwide? I, I get what, a lot of stoners switch gears. <laughs> no, what scares me is... I, what if he makes Chris Christie the attorney general? Uh, that would be bad. It would be hilarious. Oh, it'd be so bad for my business, dude. Mm-hmm. That would be bad. It'd be hilarious. That guy's not going to be the attorney it, general. It, uh, if he's not the attorney general, I'll take anybody, whoever you got. So foolish. Well, uh, he's you know. so foolish. His, his opinions on marijuana while consuming copious amounts of sugar in public, they're so ridiculous. They're ridiculous. He put a bag of M&Ms inside his M&Ms after, <laughs> after he had stomach surgery. I mean, he's a crazy person. This guy's addicted to sugar, 100%. Well, that's clear. So no way you stay that big unless you're eating terrible. That's just it. But he'll go with one thing is legal, one thing is not. He's insane. End of story. He's an insane person. But that's, that's what we're fighting with the city. Is, this, this is the law, end of story. Yeah. Do you and think Bernie crazy. has no chance? He can't even win the, the Democratic side anymore. Can't Still win. voting for Gary, man. Gary Johnson. Yeah, Gary Johnson. Is a better, it's almost a, well, it's a more likely vote than Bernie at this point. I just don't think, like, physically he can win. What could happen, though, is he and Hillary could team up, and they would be a formidable oh God, twosome. That'd be so great mm-hmm. if they It'd did. be Hillary, and then he would be the, the vice president. That that'd be, be crazy, possible. though. That's but so so left. If they said any nasty shit to each other, it's kind of, that's where it gets no. like, you know, you gotta, mm-hmm. They're not gotta, too bad. <laughs> you gotta curb your words when you're running. Right. You gotta make sure that you don't get too negative so that you could join forces. Would they put a socialist on the ticket in the United States of America? Well, he's a democratic socialist. It's not entirely like a socialist. Well, to beat Trump, I think they might do it's it. Tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. It's tricky. But he does have the support of the youth. You know, he's he's got people fired up socially. You know, he sits down with people like Killer Mike and has long-term <laughs> interviews. You know, he's interesting. He's interesting. Yeah. He's different. He doesn't accept money from I look, I like a lot of what he stands for. I, I think I agree with half of it. I I like him way better than I like her. I'm not a big fan of mm-hmm. the whole, like, long-term politicians. I, I'm not a big fan of those kind of people. There just seems like you just have too many compromises along the way. There's too much, like, weaving in and out of the system. And the more intertwined in the system, the more suspicious we should all be. She's way more intertwined in the system of than course. he is. Well, here's an example. Um, Speedweed shut down by Proposition D, which was written by a lawyer who represents a bunch of dispensaries that are protected by Proposition D. Those are some dots. You can connect them. So an attorney writes a law that protects his clients and it gets passed. How does that happen? I don't know. But I know that career politicians don't make things better, you know, for us. Yeah, they only do if it's the will of the people, and that's the only way they can stay in office. But usually it's not really just the will of the people. It's people aren't really paying attention, but mm-hmm. it's the will of these corporations. They get involved, they're donating money, and the people don't even know what the fuck is happening while it's happening. That's right. Well, that's what we have exactly, yeah. exactly going on here. You know, uh, There's a lot of those laws, right? Yeah. Well, we, we, We're dealing with a lot of them. You know, again, to say that... Um, you know, a business had to be in operation before 2007 in order to be considered now, uh, you, you know, now to be a viable business. Well, if you were in operation in, in 2007, you were in, in that Wild West category. So, so you were already skating that line. Do you want the players that were bad players involved or do you want good companies that want to put in uh, uh, standing o- uh, standard operating procedures that, that are looking for best practices. Why wouldn't you want companies like that? You know, in yeah, we just laid off 40 people that are now in unemployment. 
40 mm. good people that really can't get decent jobs anywhere that were paid well above minimum wage are now just laid off and going on the government dollar because that of, sucks. because of this law that nobody knows about and nobody read you know and for us it came at a time where we we were so excited about the future uh working with the Board of Equalization. We were in, in our largest expansion at the time. Um, we were going from the largest market, which was L.A., to expanding throughout all of California, which we're still doing, now. but we just now have to not include L.A., which was our main base. So, and the law, what the law pertains to is you delivering things to people that live in homes because that home has not been cleared as a place to do business? Because because of the zoning law, only these 135 pre-ICOs are allowed to operate at all within the city. Nobody else can join the club. It's only that 135. And any marijuana vehicle is an extension of the marijuana business. So every car is zoned like a building. So essentially, they've limited the number of stores that can operate, the yes. number of dispensaries. And you guys got pushed out because you didn't have... Uh, you, oh, a few you reasons. grandfathered in. Well, that, that's that's number one. But number two is our base, where our business is, is not in the city limits of L.A. So by normal law for any other business, you follow the laws of the municipality you're in. We just convey through the streets of L.A. And there's a law on the California books that says you can't stop someone if if your business is not in one municipality and you drive to another municipality to deliver something, you can't stop that. So we're not even in L.A. and we have to have to deal with this. We're outside the city of L.A. because the city of L.A. encompasses Hollywood and and a lot of L.A. But there are places that people think are L.A. like Beverly Hills or West Hollywood. Those are in L.A. Well, you our know. lawsuit says we're operating a sophisticated delivery company running seven. About seven hubs out of the LA out of the LA area. It's like, well, where are the addresses on the lawsuit? There are none because we don't have any locations inside the city. We don't roll orders out of there, but it's not in the the paperwork. Just right. it's so goofy. This is what's the prop. This is the scary problem with big government. This is the problem with government that just has too many regulations and too much red tape and too much bullshit stuff like this. And there should be a balance of harm to our company. Uh, that that um, is trying to work within every regulation of California, working with the state to create them. You know. Uh, well, let, let me ask you this: When is it going to be legal? Is it on the books to to be in November? tried in November? In yeah. November, yes. Well, we have to organize. Like this is an important thing for the future of mankind. It, well, <laughs> we have to. It, it is. This must be done. There, and unfortunately, there's even infighting within the. Cannabis, cannabis industry, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what the problem that I ran into when we were talking about the uh, the first legalization vote, the growers didn't want it to be legal because they would make less money. Right. Of course, the guys are growing illegally, and I was like, wow. And he's like, hey man, I'm just just telling you the truth. But like, we're wow. we're at a point now that if we don't do that, they're going to get pushed out anyway right. by bigger corporations yeah. that will come in and be able to pay millions of dollars for licensing and buildings and things like like People that. People are greedy and they're short sighted. You can't be greedy and you can't be short sighted. You can't. This is a this is a global issue. And in the, in these environments where these people are saying we're gonna we're gonna make less money, bullshit. Expand. It's going to be legal now, dummy. Right. Like, yeah, you're going to have competition. So fucking so what? what? If the you're making money, why do you care if other people are making money? Why are you concentrating on that? 
just just enjoy life. You're going to have a bunch of pothead millionaires around you. Right. And, you know, it, uh, along those, those lines, um, as we um, were cultivating for our own patient base, we were follow we follow uh, the California uh, the laws for California to cultivate. Once uh, local licensing um, started becoming um, possible for cultivation, it wasn't before uh, the uh, governor signed this bill uh, last year. Now it's becoming possible. We went out and we're now participating with Desert Hot Springs um, for a legal cultivation. So it's going to be a place where the police could come in, the government could come in, inspect it. So so we're moving forward with full legalization on cultivation as as well. Paying, paying everything you got to pay for, making sure that um, you, uh, you're, when you build your building, it's built to the right specs. Again, the government's involved in, in every part of it. So, again, we're moving forward with the regulations, even though it's going to cost us a lot of money. Our, you know, uh, the investment team that's behind it has already put a $2 million in just to buy the property. You know, so um, it's going to cost a lot of money and we're not you're not going to make the money, you know, millions of dollars that you're hoping for. But at least you're doing it in a way that can be regulated and you can open up your doors and not hide because we don't want to hide everything we've ever done. We haven't hidden. We've said everything in the media. Hey, we're following regulations. We're we're trying to do everything the right way. We're paying paying the taxes we have to pay. We're we're working well, that's why we got sued. Is because if you sue Speedweed, that gets your name in the paper. You sue the you know the delivery, the, one of the other four hundred delivery services that you can find operating right now today that are illegal. That's not going to get your name in the paper in an election year. Maybe it's a conspiracy theory, but all of the facts in our case are dated twenty fourteen. We got served in twenty sixteen. I don't know. Is this a special year? To politicians, maybe it's a special year. Okay, so hold on for a second. So there are certain delivery companies that are allowed to operate inside LA. No, no. nobody's None. allowed. No one. But now. they are. But, but they are. But they do anyway. Over four hundred. They do four hundred illegal ones. Yeah, Shh. Well, they're all Dude, this illegal. Is a podcast. Snitches. I know, I know. Golden snitches. <laughs> so we're going to start doing overnight delivery with medical couriers to the entire mm-hmm. state. So Speedweed will deliver to anywhere in California that's allowed. Not inside the city limits of L.A., but outside the city limits. You're in Fresno. You're in Sacramento, wherever you are. Could a, a patient meet you at the border? <laughs> Could you get like a taco stand at the border and you make a handoff? Certain patients, baby. Burbank in L.A.? Burbank is, Burbank not, in is LA. Not, not in L.A. Oh, so I can still get delivery? You could until they, until they tell the delivery services to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Burbank does not like the industry. Just right. like Glendale and Pasadena do, do not like the industry. Why is that? There's, it's it's the propaganda machine, and it's it's you know law enforcement shows up at the city hall and starts screaming about it. if you have dispensaries you're gonna have crime, delivery is gonna be a lot of cash and product in the cars. You're bringing crime, and they frighten the city council and the people that vote into saying, all right, so we don't want it here. So right. Let let it happen in Echo Park where the hippies live. We're here in Burbank with you know with the with the studios. We don't want it. I think the town. studios would want it because so many of the actors are probably like, they give do. me weed. I need it delivered. They you do. Know? They do. That, We've delivered on, like on movie sets. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, of course they do. Everybody yeah, some does. Some of those roles that people play probably have to be yeah. high as fuck <laughs> to do it. <laughs> right? I wonder if Daniel Day-Lewis smokes weed. Fuck yeah, he does. We can't talk uh, about uh, 
uh, privacy of certain patients. But <laughs> we trying to say? Uh, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm saying a lot of the actors uh, you you would think are, are smoking weed while they're acting. They are. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Of course they are. Of course yeah, they are. I, I know several. We don't have to name names, but I know a lot of people get super high as fuck right before they do a scene. Sure. Kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, I mean, you've introduced me to some, so certainly, certainly, you know, um, and uh, they're just as many that you would never suspect that that guy is an everyday smoker, and they are, mm. and um, and that's because you know there's still stigma, and when you're living in a public life, you need privacy, and that's one of the reasons you need delivery because some of my my patient bases, if they walked into a dispensary, they're gonna lose endorsements and sponsor money um, from because they're on family shows things like that well how is that fair to them they need their medication they need safe access to their medication they can't you're saying it all grand dude they're trying to get high Just settle they, the fuck down I know they need their medication they're dying we, we have to anti-venom we have to protect get it, it to him quickly our, our Disney kids the uh, poison we... of society is seeped it deep into his brains Joe have you been to uh, Denver yet since it since the yeah. since the le- I was just, just there just, like four months ago five months ago something like that so just walking down the street just walking oh, to anything pot places everywhere they're all over the place it's it's like Amsterdam. It's like some weird new American Amsterdam, and there's so much money. <laughs> real estate prices are skyrocketing. skyrocketing. Real estate prices are up like nineteen percent. How's the prices? Like like let's just say like a joint in in Denver. Or, oh. You have any idea? It's oh. it's it's more expensive than than it is here, uh, and they do have different pricing for medical uh, uh, as they do for yeah, we, recreational. We went over that with taxes. It's thirty nine percent taxes versus I think like nine. Right. Yeah. Um, however, uh, you know I've been there uh, plenty of times, and and the weed here in Southern California is still still the better. best that I've seen. How, in the how world. is that possible? It seems like Denver would have the best climate. For Everybody it, it is. needs to fucking relax on this big <laughs> dick measuring competition between states <laughs> and their weed. Well, <laughs> we were in Pittsburgh. No, we were in Philly, and we got high with this this dude at a radio station gave us a joint, and we were like. Some Philly weed. I'll just smoke the fuck out of this Philly weed. This ain't gonna do shit. And like 20 minutes later, we were like, dude, we made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) This Philly weed is legit. I think there's an answer to that, though, um, is that the best weed in Colorado is still black market. Um, so okay, uh, maybe, but come well, on, Philly man. Philly was illegal. How, you this guys were stuff f- you, is so fucking strong. You guys are crazy talk. This is you're talking for the deepest of the deep and the deep end of the pool. That's what you're talking. Mm-hmm. All the pot, whether it's Colorado or California, will put you on fucking Pluto. All mm-hmm. of it. No, no doubt. And the difference between two hits of Colorado pot and two hits of California pot is if you can measure that, write a book. And it's the really? joint you had. Like, what if you had yeah. like three joints? Those were just the three shittiest Dude, joints in Colorado. I don't buy it. That Colorado. I was in Colorado. I had some of their weed. I'll be there it's, Thursday. It's fucking ridiculous. It's like, it's super weed. It's all the same shit. These all these strains have gotten everywhere. Yeah, you know they're all over the country. They have this shit in New York now. Yeah, does the weed do you get higher because of the elevation oh, yeah. for weed? Yeah, you have no air, so it's probably just shitty weed. No, no, no. <laughs> the alcohol gets you drunker too. Yeah, that's a big one. But uh, it's it's just it's just good. Weed's great. It's everywhere. <laughs> it, it it's because of social media. It's becoming 
to a point where you just can't deny it. I thought we were already there. I, we're very close to it. Um, and as um, politicians get older and pushed out and younger politicians get in, the toothpaste is out of the tube. It's not going backwards. So, uh, you know, for L.A. to be behind the times of the rest of the state and for California, the most progressive state in the country, yeah. to be behind the times of – uh, states like uh, Colorado and, and uh, Alaska who are making making tax money. It's uh, the money. The money and the politics is too – it's too intertwined. It's mm-hmm. too – it's part of the fabric of our society and it's broken. Yeah, it is. And uh, hopefully it's going to be uh, eventually pushed out. But right now, you know, you have to deal with one of the most ridiculous examples of it, which is marijuana. It's one of the most ridiculous examples of all sorts of problems that I'm sure all sorts of businesses run into all across the country that we don't consider because it doesn't play a part in our lives. But this one does. And this one is really a nationwide freedom issue. I mean, that's that's really what a, a lot of it's about. It's a freedom of consciousness issue. And uh, people don't look at it like that. They look at it like it's law enforcement. It's this. It's crime. It's this. It's children. It's this. No, it's not what it is. It's it's a freedom of social consciousness. It's a freedom of being able to express yourself and a, a freedom of being able to intoxicate yourself with a natural plant and then what comes out of that. And that's what everybody was worried about more than anything in like the 1970s. Mm-hmm. What they were worried about in the 60s and the 70s is what was coming out of this. They weren't worried about the consequences of taking this drug. They were worried about what's coming out of this. You're getting all these people that just won't tolerate all the usual standard shit because they're constantly resetting themselves and then reconsidering their environment. And they're coming out with this whole new movement of people, like all the Haight-Ashbury shit in the 60s and you know all the, the, the music of the time. So much of that had to do with pot and so much of that had to do with LSD. Sure. Of they course. were just terrified of that shit. They were. I, when we talk about the war on drugs and people like blame Nancy Reagan, that started with Nixon. Yeah. You know, in the late 60s, early 70s. Well, and now I'd, the new stuff has come out. I'm sure you've seen it where they're saying that the Nixon administration purposely targeted marijuana because they were really going after the civil rights leaders yes. and the people that were anti-war movement. Yes. So they would arrest them through pot. And that would be the, get the back door to just break up these organizations. And that this was a strategy they had. To the point that they asked... Uh, universities to pull cannabis information that was positive. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's... Yeah. They, they, they funded studies trying to find things wrong with pot, and they all, all they found was good shit. Right. You know, the they, Donald Tashkin study is one that I love, where he was. that study was to find the connection between lung cancer and smoking cannabis, and it turned out he could find no connection and actually showed that there could be a, a, a protective effect of cannabis. That's how I'm still alive. Maybe a lot of people like you that smoke cigarettes and smoke pot. It might actually like even it. Yeah, started the same time. Help it some way. I have a patient um, with um, double lung transplant. He had uh, 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 fiber uh, myalgia. So he has double lung uh, transplant. Uh, we were doing a, a, an interview with, uh, with, with a magazine, and uh, I had him there, and he showed, I take these 45 pills a day for, for uh, you know, what I have, or I could eat these three edibles. And um, he's like, 45 pills a day, it's crazy just trying to swallow them. Um, and, but he said, these cost me thousands of dollars. However, I don't pay for them because it's paid by insurance. These, I pay almost 
45 50 dollars a day in edibles and and i could just eat those instead however none of this is paid for and i don't have the money to pay 50 dollars a day for my medication so he's one of the patients that that we help out with with uh, free product and um you know be, because he can't afford to live yeah. It's the um, pharmaceutical side of the of this conversation. It's just a, that's a whole nother side of it. It's very nice of you to give that to him, by the way. Yeah. But hearing that he's eating forty five dollars worth of edibles a day makes me want to shit my pants. <laughs> that's I was scary. Like, what kind of a tornado of consciousness is this guy <laughs> flying around in all day? Mm-hmm. How many milligrams are we talking for forty five bucks worth of? Weed? How many milligrams is this motherfucker taking in? Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, dude, you have just, you have no lungs. I, you take whatever you need to do to get through well, that day. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. But I'm thinking forty five dollars worth of chiba chews would put you in another dimension. For, for, yeah, right? sure. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, son. There's a shit hacky sack. You know, <laughs> it, 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 we're we're talking some somewhere around five hundred milligrams a day. Um, so it's so it's not tremendous. I mean, I've seen Joey. He has a thousand at right. a time. That's but, insane. But if he's getting chibachus, like chibachus, which are like a, a really uh, potent and mm-hmm. easy way to get them, yeah. 45 bucks is not 500 milligrams. You can get no, one yeah. 500 milligram one for a lot less than for, that, right? For yeah, how much of those 10, cost? 15 bucks. Yeah. 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 So um, if this guy's spending 45 bucks and he's buying the good shit, Jesus Louises, he might be on a five 500 milligram chibachu a day diet. I that's, want to meet this dude and shake his hand. That's a he's a pioneer. Yeah. <laughs> he's a pioneer. I can't live in that world. That's a good man. That's, that's a, a good man to know. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Don't be a pussy. All of a sudden, you're worried about sugar. <laughs> this fucking guy's living in an alternate dimension. He's looking at us through a fucking aquarium window. Like he's he's no. not even here. If no. he's eating that much pot, you're talking about that much that many milligrams, and then it's getting processed. So it's you got to think about it way stronger than just smoking it. Right. It it is. I mean, I went. I had a bad edible strip, and I went five years without even touching it. Mm-hmm. Even though we had them on the menu, I was like, dude, I w- I don't even want to smell one of those Tootsie Rolls or whatever the hell it is. I don't want <laughs> nothing to do with it because I was in another place for like two days high. Yeah. Just going. When is it going to end? I mean, we yeah. started as an edibles company before before we were Speedweed, um, and we were one of the first. We were the first company to do gummy bears. And um, when we were making them, um, it's you know, the, um, my brother, my partner, with, with his wife Jen, also, um, AJ figured out a way to extract um, e- extract THC from from weed. This is six years ago before anyone was 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 doing it because we had a, a failed crop. Um, because when I moved to California, we got our cards. I said, I'm just going to throw up a grow and. Now I'm allowed to grow here. I'll, I'll make a few. I'm echoes. gonna throw up a grow. I've never heard that. I need to start saying shit like that. Yeah. Get together with my friends. Wait. So Yo, so man, so AJ said that's great. Where are we gonna do it? I said I'm gonna do it in your living room. So I took over his living room with tents and I put up a grow. And it, and it didn't. And since I was going back and forth to, to New York selling my house um, uh, every two weeks, he was watching it while I was gone. Well, it was a disaster. It was the worst experience. You know, growing pot. With all of our money, and I'm on the phone with Gino, going, he, you know, the leaves are yellow. He's like, all right, are the veins red? I'm like, what? Do you, I don't know what we're talking about. It needs yeah, more you're nitrogen. Responsible motherfucker, right. you can't just leave this dude with your plants. No, he's like, go, we, go, get, get more nitrogen. I'm like, how do I get nitrogen? Watch my baby for me. Take my baby. Just feed it when it cries. <laughs> so I, I, I gotta got, go. I got back from from a trip late, late in, into my my uh, uh, growth cycle, and um, 
I opened it up and you see webs. Well, those aren't spiders. Those are spider mites. Yeah. And that's the worst thing you could ever, ever get. I grew in Ohio, lost my whole entire crop, spent like months growing this, scared of helicopters with the heat sinking Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, And yeah, mites destroyed them. So all our money was sunk into this, Um, you know, all of uh, uh, four months time uh, to to make it happen. And I was just defeated. I was like, I I can't believe it. What are we going to do? And so we we had to, to fight it, to fight those spider mites. We did everything we could, including buying 10,000 ladybugs, which eat these things, and releasing them in this tent a foot from where I'm sleeping on his couch. I bought them on Amazon. Yeah, I bought buy like them. a zillion ladybugs on Amazon, and we just released them into my living room. Yeah, we buy them all the time. Yeah. They, Seriously? They yeah. I, I, I didn't I have, even know. They have a bunch of different plants that I grow, so we buy ladybugs. Yeah, and, and they worked, but they didn't exactly cool. work fast enough, and they were dying because we weird. had CO2. And uh, so we had to get predator mites, which were other little creepy crawly things that, that we had to release <laughs> right where I was sleeping. So we released those. Jurassic so, so Park. It, it, it was. It, it, it's exactly what it was. It was well, seriously, it was like, if you could look at it under a microscope, it would be like some sort of a fucking stormship troopers, starship troopers. That, that's <laughs> what it looked like. Is that what they were? You know, yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings. Things yeah. were flying down eating each other things were climbing up and, and they were like and so what happened what's the long story so 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 we got rid of them and had had bad weed we extracted it aj read, read some papers online we extracted it. i said what are we going to do with this and we said all right let's make some edibles so his wife so hold on it's bad weed bad weed couldn't so sell it can't sell it because you can't smoke it yeah, but you can still turn into edibles. It, it it looked like shit out of a, out of a litter box. It was gar- oh. it was garbage. But Gino's like, "Fuck it, I'm smoking it." Well, but I'm confused. Explain like why did it look bad? Because the mites chewed it up. Like what? Yeah, uh, it was ladybug wing. You know, ladybug wings. Here's and- here's the thing. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. So so there's also things called neem oil, which is a natural pesticide that that also helps in, in killing killing these things. However, in, in a growth cycle, you shouldn't use it near the end because then it's going to be on the flowers that you have to smoke. Right. However, if you extract the THC out of it, it's no longer on that plant material. You're getting rid of the plant material. The 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 neem oil that's on it, it won't translate into an extraction. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you use the pesticide unfortunately late in the cycle and it right. made the pot bad to smoke right. but you can still extract the yeah. THC from it right right it's a natural oil I, I, it, it works as a pesticide but, <sighs> okay um, I was so baffled I was like how is it bad weed and then it's good weed so so um, bad weed good gummy bears yeah so oh, okay. so I started going to what the, is the process of extracting THC from the flowers it's like breaking bad um, is it? It, it, it? Yeah, my kitchen looked like a meth lab for like three months. It's crazy. We had a sock slit extractor. So you had to, have you done this before? Or were you experimenting? Did you watch a YouTube video? I had no idea it even existed. <laughs> I found a, a paper from like 1976, or UCLA scientists, that multi-solvent extraction of cannabinoids. You can find it online. And, I was like, and it was like, this is a how-to manual on how to do extraction. Okay, hold on. Neither one of you guys are scientists, We, right? we were technology guys. I, I okay, got, you're I not got, a scientist, right? I no, I you got very scientist, bl- right? No, I'm 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 techie. Have I'm good, at, I'm good any, at homework. Had you ever done any chemical work like that using solvents and extracting el- elements from plants? Not professionally. He AJ's humble. He he's okay. a, he's a member of Mensa. Uh, I got very blessed to uh, to have uh, a brother who's so very intelligent. Um, you know, so I was just defeated, you know. Uh, I got a bad crop. I wasted all our money. I wasted our time. He turned lemons into lemonade because luckily he's smart enough to say, what else can we do with this? And he went out and found a way for us 
to, to utilize So did it. you practice or did you just dive right in? No, How did I, you do this? I had, it was like a six-week R&D process. So, so we did the extraction through with uh, all kinds of different chemicals. Right. And ultimately, ethanol worked really well. And then every night at 11, I would give Gino a, a, a dose, like on a cookie or something at 11, and then I would wait 45 minutes. Did you have him locked up in your basement, too? <laughs> he was in my, the, pretty much. Night, give that's, him that's, a give. Give, give, 11 give o'clock, Gino food. <laughs> mm-hmm. It rubs the lotion on the skin. Every night. And then finally one day, uh, I give Gino the dose, 11.45, I say, how you feel? And he goes, I don't think it's working. I was like, boom, that's it. That's the recipe, and it's in my journal. And that was kind of how th- we got into the industry was with that extraction process, that recipe that day. Now, I've always wondered like this. When you use all those chemicals and you extract something from a plant, mm-hmm. are those chemicals in any way, is there a residue on the extraction? Depends. We were using ethanol, which is alcohol, but right. then we were making candy, which burns off the alcohol. So then uh, there's, there's no alcohol in the candy, but now you have the THC, um, which is inside the candy, and now you can, and now we, would, we were decarboxylating the flour before anybody was doing that, and what that means is you activate the flour like you can't just take bud and eat it and get stoned it won't work right but if you why is that because you need to something act, fat soluble yes right? you need to convert it to thc acid so you do that with heat so you smoke it or you do that with fat like lipids you boil it in butter make brownies so how the, the fuck did people figure that out it's, it's it's brilliant it's genius or you could do it with alcohol and that's ultimately what we use was alcohol extract butane works as well but mm-hmm. what i mean is how the fuck did people figure out that you had to burn it in order to use it because they're probably eating it long before they knew it could get you high. Well, I mean, it, right? Civilization's amazing. Like, how did they figure out if we eat this root, ayahuasca works, but otherwise, uh, no, the trees it doesn't. Right. You know, the trees told us. Right. <laughs> That's, That's probably thing. true. They use tobacco in those ayahuasca rituals, apparently. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right before you go under, they blow tobacco smoke on your face. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, just to get you ready to vomit. Yeah, well, I don't more. even know if it's that. I think it's the stimulating effect of the nicotine has some sort of a kickstart. Like Terrence McKenna, when he would take mushrooms, what he would do is he would take them and then he would wait. They kick in like an hour or so. So while they were, he was waiting for them to kick in, he would just roll joints. This motherfucker would roll joints for an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then f- start That's his going, set. start going, and when the pot really kicked in, like when he would get really really high, that would be right when the mushrooms would come in like a giant tidal wave, and he said he could see it coming, he could see it coming, you could feel it in the ground, and it seemed like there's no way no one else is experiencing this. It's just like this gigantic wave is coming, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And that's how he would do it. So he would use marijuana smoke to sort of instigate the uh, the mushroom experience, mm. which totally makes sense. It does. But that's a warrior to, that it will do that kind of experimentation. That dude went deep. He went deep. He went deep, maybe too much. He died of a brain cancer, a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows if that was hereditary? Who knows if that was, you know, it related in any way to expanding consciousness or attempting to expand consciousness through drugs? Most likely not, especially. But he was really critical of the idea that marijuana was cure, a cure for cancer because he was like, look, I am telling you I have cancer and I smoke pot all day constantly. He's like, I am your poster boy because if it was uh, something that cured cancer, I would not have cancer because you cannot smoke more pot than me. Like mm-hmm. McKenna was just high all day. Right. 
But there's so many different cancers and so many different mm-hmm. types of weed. Who knows what's what? We got to research it. Well, I think what's really supposed to be the most effective, and Gino, you helped my friend when he, mm-hmm. uh, his mom had a, an issue with this, and this is something about Gino. He'd never advertise himself, but he, he hooked my friend up with a lot of this cannabis oil. It's really expensive stuff, and you did it just to help his mom, or just to help uh, his dad, rather. Well, he was a good dude. And, uh, you know, we were talking about stage four cancer at that that point. Um, So there wasn't much uh, ever hope that it was going to turn around and cure it. However, to ease the last few months of life um, um, was was working and happening. There there was a lot more quality of life, um, which for the patient, that that was great, number one. The absolute utmost importance, but also for our our friend that that we're talking about, it was great for him because he got the last few months of life together with his loved one mm-hmm. in a better way, not in a comatose uh, setting, which he was dealing with for a while before we got got uh, you know uh, on the uh, Rick Simpson oil regimen. Well, it definitely needs to be investigated. Because there's so many people that have had beneficial effects from it. it. It just seems insane to not have some large-scale scientific research being done right now. Like, just humanity as a whole. Like, we kind of owe it to each other. Like, if, if you, you're not thinking about it right now because your loved ones don't have cancer. But if this turns out to be really legit, this could be another reason why we need to reconsider this whole ban on the legal sale federally of marijuana. Because it's ridiculous. If it can do this... If you're really taking this oil and you're reducing tumors, which has been reported in just a shitload of people, including friends of mine, I know people that have had cancer and had their cancer reduced by taking cannabis oil. And Uh, I know people whose parents had it and got their their tumors reduced because of it. And autistic kids, like the seizures and stuff like that. Like our our friend whose kid was going from like, I mean, he was having seizures all day. Takes the stuff he hasn't had a seizure in six months. Sure, yeah. You look at Jaden and and Charlotte and all these these kids. How can you how can you tell the parents no? Exactly. No matter what state you're in, how can you tell a parent no? And that's I think that's when your politics changes when it affects you personally. It definitely happens. It definitely happens. And I've seen quite a few stories of that of people that have children that had you know serious seizure issues, and as soon as they got them on the medical marijuana, it just stopped. And we have a lot of really bad prejudices about marijuana. You know, and we need to expose them like as a society because they're holding a lot of people back. I know they held me back. They made me until I was 30 years old. I thought pot was for idiots. So I really did. A lot of people do. And it's it's important to let them know not only is it not for idiots, it's 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 a tool you can use it. You can it can benefit you like this is not a benign substance. It's slippery. You know, like all other psychoactive substances, if you are on the wrong path mentally, like you could go off the deep end with it, like everything else, like alcohol or anything else. But you, you see someone who I respect a lot, like Graham Hancock, who you had on, on the show a lot. He was a high, heavy user, and yeah. he got to a point um, where he said, you know what? My relationship is not good with marijuana anymore, yeah. and he took a long break. I think two to three years. Mm-hmm. Um, he took a, a long break, and then said, "You know what? Things have changed in my life now. I think I could go back and have that relationship start again." And from what I, what I understand, mostly from the podcast, uh, from from him being on the podcast last time, um, he is now in 
a better relationship with yeah. marijuana. Yeah, he was in an abusive relationship with himself, and marijuana was just playing a factor in that. Sure. I'm the one who got him high. Yeah. I got him high on the show when he I was, uh, who was it that, like two or three it? years sober. I'm like, dude, you're fine. <laughs> just come on. Yeah, and he, you're the smartest he dude ever. It. He loved it. Mm-hmm. And he and he opened up when I when I gave it to him. Oh my god, he opened up like a flower. He took one hit and then he relaxed and he was smiling and laughing and we were having a good time. And he went on this rant. Oh my god, this epic rant, epic rant. And uh, I remember thinking like, wow, that had to be cannabis inspired because it was so like emotionally connected to him. To you know, essentially like sort of validating his life work because he was really heavily criticized mm-hmm. many, many times where people just completely ignored any of the uh, potentially positive aspects of the, what he was saying yep. and just was trying to shit on all, they're trying to shit on all of his theories. But as time has gone on, it's been more and more apparent that he was right the whole time. About so, all different things that yeah, he studies. Yeah. Well, the big one being that civilizations have experienced many different eras and that what we're looking at when we look back thousands and thousands of years is the most latest of eras but there was potentially very advanced civilizations that had a different kind of advancement 10,000 15,000 years maybe even as many as 30,000 years ago and that there's evidence of this stuff there's evidence in the construction of the old kingdom in Egypt there's evidence when they start looking at certain erosion patterns on the sphinx and sure. like the sphinx compound like they're talking about like something that was built 14,000 years ago plus. So all these different new discoveries that they're having, when they're having these new, they find these new things that are like, four, they found evidence of North Americans um, mm-hmm. in, uh, Native Americans in North America at 14,000 years ago, which pushes it way back before they thought it was. Right. They found like woolly mammoth bones with cuts on them and yeah. shit, mm-hmm. super recently. So this stuff keeps happening over and over again, and they keep discovering these structures and you know they find things underwater they find like sunken cities and shit go back to yeah and yeah Turkey. yeah exactly and you and can't carbon date stone so mm-hmm. you know. well that's why go back to so unique because they know that it was covered up somewhere around twelve thousand years ago purposely yeah that's right. that someone constructed this thing sometime before that they're you know, they, they get a vague idea within a thousand years of when this thing was built. And it was built when they thought people were hunter-gatherers. So this is all stuff that Hancock had already been saying. So to see him get high and just expand upon that and see, like, this is a guy that, like, he's been ridiculed. He's been dragged through the mud. People have taken what he's said out of context and tried to use it against him. They've had these really biased opinions about his work. And they've, you know, made little specials about it, just shitting on him. And it turns out he was right about a lot of things. Yeah. And, and he's just gathering evidence mm-hmm. and making making his his thoughts and processes yes. on on evidence. And he's a really good guy. Like he doesn't deserve any of that. He's not a he's not a bad guy. Like he's a really good guy that's taking a chance, that's exploring this really important subject. This idea that we've been here many times. Oh, I can that, remember reading magicians, maybe it was magicians of the gods or fingerprints of his first yeah. first one. Thinking, I think it's thank, footprints he, of the gods, right? Was maybe, it fingerprints? No, fingerprints. No. Fingerprints. Fingerprints. Thinking, thank God there's a dude out there. I didn't know who he was at the time. Thank God there's someone doing this work. Because I had never heard of any of this yeah. before I read that book. Well, there's been a bunch of uh, similar um, like theorists in the past, but they always connected it to like aliens, like specifically. Like, Zachariah Hitchens. Sitchin. Sitchin yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, well, he, he had, I was, was going to bring up that guy from the Chariots of the Gods. What the fuck is that guy's name? There was a, a dude, Von Daniken. Yeah, Von Daniken. Yeah, Von Daniken, who wrote Chariots of the Gods. 
And uh, Chariots of the Gods was like a movie. They made a documentary movie about it that played in like the movie theaters. I remember when I was a kid, it was playing in the movie theaters and I was freaking out. Like, and people would leave there. They'd go, oh my God, there's aliens. They visited us. Like that movie, if you watch that movie and you smoke pot and you're young, it will have you <laughs> fucking convinced. Mm -hmm. You'll be fucking convinced. 100%. I, I feel like I was convinced and it's a lot of Graham Hancock who unconvinced me by... Because um, a lot of people think he's part of the ancient aliens theorists, but he's not really. He just feels that, that we have lost technology. Well, he leaves the door open. We've had conversations about it. He leaves the door open for visitation. He leaves the door open for that being a possibility, as do I. As I think everybody should. A unique moment where an alien spacecraft came down and ran into 14th century Europeans and uh, fucked with them and, you know, and kidnapped a few and did some scientific experiments on some and erased their memories. You t that, of course that could happen. I mean, if we can go to Mars, we can send a robot to zoom around on Mars and we watch it on our iPhone. We right. can do that right now. We're right. idiots. We're idiots. We can't even make pot legal. We've got a robot moving around <laughs> on Mars. The idea that there's something out there that's, there's no way, no one's smarter than us, dude, it can't happen. Like, of course there could be. If we stay alive for a thousand years, our technology is going to be unrecognizable. It's going to be so beyond anything we could possibly imagine today. Just look at how far it's come yeah. since, like, we were kids growing up in yeah. the 80s. These things that we see, these, these things that everybody sees, these iconic gray creatures with the big black eyes, those could be drones. <laughs> A hundred percent. I mean, those could be artificially intelligent creatures that some super advanced civilization has created to gather up information on people. That's totally possible. And that would, that would make it so much easier for them to defy the laws of physics, defy the laws, uh, not, not, the, not the laws of physics, right, but the laws of, uh, of space travel, like for, with human beings being una unable to withstand the kind of pressure that it would require to go light speed and shit like that. Right. If these things are some fucking weird robot creation that doesn't even, ex you know, lives off of a lithium ion battery it's got in its dick, you know, that, that, <laughs> that thing might be able to go forever. Like it might, radiation might not not bother it you might be able to shoot it into a fucking black hole and it comes out the other side I mean, who knows what the fuck they can do mm -hmm. a million years from now right because an avatar is just a robot yeah and that it, we all know robots at this point can be controlled from a remote control yeah so we it just depends how far away is that remote control you know where is that remote yeah. control so the chariots of the gods guy and even the people that the ancient aliens guys they, who the fuck knows they there might have been a bunch of visitors it's very possible it's super possible. If we can do it, of course, something out there that's smarter than us can do it better than we could. For sure. Of course. But what Graham Hancock is proposing is much more likely because it's backed by actual science. And now that he's, he's joined efforts with that Randall Carlson guy, and Randall Carlson, who's an expert on asteroidal impacts, and yep. it's, it's the, the history of them in North America, in the world. I mean, he's a wizard when it comes to that stuff. And he can just quote it off the top of his head, all these different impact sites that they found. And you realize, like, oh, Jesus, we get hit all the time. Mm -hmm. And not only do we get hit all the time, there's evidence of a massive meteor shower impacting Asia and Europe somewhere around 10,000-plus years ago. Which coincides with the civilization that, they, that, exactly. that they're talking about. Yeah. So somewhere around that era, the human race got fucking basically half wiped out. Yeah. And we had to rebuild. And we don't remember. We didn't have... There's no electronics back then, so there's no like computers that we could look at. There's no photos. They didn't have photographs. So they were just basing on people's memories 
and things that they could draw. I mean, as far as we know, they didn't have any cameras. I mean, who knows? I mean, all that stuff, if you, if you had a camera and you left it on the ground for a thousand years, there'd be nothing left right. in a hundred. Right. They it had would batteries. all go away. They had batteries back then. They had something like a battery. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, and they found that in one of the Egyptian tombs, right? They found it in Iraq, too. Yep, yeah. the little copper in the clay. They yeah, probably they had, had some kind of computer or electronics that just doesn't exist anymore. Well, not only that, the people who made that battery, they're pretty sure that was 2500 B.C. So that was way later than this impact they're talking about, this 11,000-whatever-it-was-year impact. They think that there's a, been a series of these all throughout history. And this is something that's supported by even mainstream science when they're talking about supervolcanoes. There's this one supervolcano. We've looked this up three fucking times, and I can never remember this goddamn Gino L.A. Speedweed bullshit. <laughs> um, but there's a supervolcano that erupted 70,000 years ago and killed almost everyone on the planet except for a couple thousand people and we all descend from those few thousand people that survived some massive super volcano impact this is a, a really openly accepted uh, theory in mainstream archaeology and anthropology they really believe that this is one of the possibly one of the big disaster extinction events that happened to human beings and there's been several of them right I know what you're talking about that's yeah. something that caused like three or four years of an equivalent of, of a nuclear winter yeah well here look at it this way you remember Mount St. Helens when we were kids mm -hmm. remember that mm -hmm. nobody talks about that Nobody even thinks about that anymore. When we were kids, a fucking volcano in Washington State erupted and people died. They got lavaed. Yeah. Right? They got smoked by a volcano. Ash, ash for months in the oh, atmosphere. Ash for months. And it just conveniently goes away. That was a little baby volcano. I mean, obviously, no disrespect to anybody who died. <laughs> right. But in comparison to what Yellowstone has, Yellowstone has a super volcano that's 600 miles wide. Something fucking crazy like that? I mean, that, that's still, you know, they don't call it active, that volcano, but it's still bubbling. Well, they have thousands of earthquakes right. every year. Thousands. Like, so you know shit's going on down there. Yeah. Like geysers are shooting out boiling water and the, the, it's, the sulfur content in the water is crazy. Yeah. Maybe it's 600 kilometers. 600 kilometers, like 300 miles. Whatever it is, it's so that big that it's, it's a continent killer. Right. They're like, when that thing blows, everything near it is dead as fuck. It, 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 what it is is what they call a caldera, which means that it's a volcano that was so big, the top blew off of it. And then you're left with this big crater. And they didn't realize that until they started using satellite images. Once they started using because we've known about Old Faithful, you know, that's, it's a cool place to visit. You right. go check out the geysers and stuff. That, that's the, the ground is boiling, mm -hmm. like 100 <laughs> feet below you. There's hot lava. And... Every six to eight hundred thousand years, that shit blows sky high, and when it blows sky high, everyone's dead. We're all dead. We're all dead. And California's dead. Montana's dead as fuck. Everything around it's just dead. That's and, depressing because it, it really is just a matter of time before there's some yeah. some impact or earthquake mm -hmm. or volcano. It is just a matter of time, and which one? What's it going to be? Well, what Graham Hancock is exposing is that when you're talking about enormous periods of time like 10,000 years, 12,000 years, 30,000 years, people cannot recall those natural disasters. They lose the ability to communicate. Sometimes they're not even using the same languages anymore. You're dealing with thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I mean, just think about just a few thousand years ago, Latin was like a real language. You know, go try finding someone that was going to talk Latin to you. <laughs> right. You know, that shit doesn't exist. It's a dead language. 
it's it, you know that's only a couple thousand years when you're talking about 30,000 years and the possibility of all these different impacts and different things happening within those 30,000 years like who knows so what he's showing is or what he was showing back then was that this alternative theory is not preposterous at all like there's there's real good evidence that this is not going to stay like this. Right. Like, it's not just not preposterous. It's it's probable and likely that it's just what's next. Well, Old Faithful was called Old Faithful because it used to be faithful and, and blow at the exact time. It doesn't do that anymore. It's no longer on the Old Faithful type of uh, schedule that it, that it used to be. So things See, are like, changing under, I don't like under, that. under I, there. I don't like, it makes me nervous. I don't like that. You know, and that's just in our lifetime. When did that stop? Uh, I only recently heard heard that uh, you know that that news story that Old Faithful is not as faithful as as uh, people bitch. think. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. The geysers are hot water. The water's boiling. It shoots up in, into the sky, and we're like, ooh, ah. Well, let's get out of here before a giant furry monster eats us. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yellowstone's crazy. That's a crazy goddamn place, it man. Is. Those people have grizzly bears. Yeah. Grizzly bears are there all the time. There's a place up uh, in, I believe it's Ojai, California, where they have these big mud pits that people, you know, go in that are real hot and you know. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. But what what do you think's heating those under under there? I I mean that could also just quickly explode. I I, I, I don't know. I mean, are those those hot pits are totally natural in Ojai. Is that what it is? Uh, they, as far as I know, they are. Hmm. Uh, I, I haven't been in them. I I have a. a healthy fear of them i guess for the, for that of reason uh, of just just you know think things like that in um you know in nature that could mother nature will <laughs> just wants to kill us in so many ways but just, sort of i mean right now we're fine i mean no no need to totally freak out about uh, it but just the the awareness that this whole thing is probably pretty fucking temporary yeah, and we're in the worst state to live in that's have, so crazy <laughs> to say i don't know why you say that earthquake volcano we're definitely better off if we were in like toronto or something probably you freeze to death in winter <laughs> you get yeah hit by a next... semi that hits black ice um i, I think this is a really good state more, more a lot of nice people more people dying of weather and natural things in every other state besides california yeah i mean if there's an earthquake there's going to be a few issues for sure yeah, yeah earthquakes fuck a lot of things up but Overall, man, like you deal with an earthquake once every couple of decades. You deal with winter every fucking year if you go back to Ohio. I'm trying to keep him here. Uh, <laughs> don't go, <laughs> biggest, going back. Though. I think I'm the biggest back. fault isn't the biggest fault line like like Missouri or it's that shit the, doesn't work though. That's broken. It's all like an old train station. That that shit <laughs> broken. I don't know, man. I mean, look, we're worried about stuff that we know about, like these these spots where the the earth could explode. But we're now there's fucking rocks in the sky that could kill everybody they 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 hit all the time they hit every few thousand years so these space spaces of civilization like 10,000 12,000 years and these where they find these structures like gobekli tepe and they're like who the fuck where did this where's this coming it's so likely that that's just a series of events it's like people build up they figure out society get things going really well they start improving upon things and sh boom yeah mm -hmm. Everybody's dead, rotting bodies in the street, diseases, wolves, flee, head to the mountains, rebuild civilization, first fucking tribes don't make it, down to a few people, they slowly bond together, they rebuild. I bet that shit happens every 20,000 years or so. 
One of the theories I heard on Gobekli Tepe is that's since that's what happened, that there was some devastation at that point, that the, a theory is that they blamed it on whatever gods, and that's why Gobekli Tepe was just covered at that point. Huh. Be, be, just, hide, just hide that shit away? Yeah, well, that makes sense. If you were like a politician, you were trying to take over after the disaster, you'd be like, these motherfuckers and their statues ruined everything, and we're going to fill it in with dirt. Yeah! And that would be like symbolic, because you can't like run a dope-ass city with some statues that the dude before you made. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. We gotta knock those bitches over. <laughs> we still do the same thing today. Well, ISIS is doing it right now, yeah. all throughout Asia. They keep blowing shit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we yanked down Saddam, didn't oh, we? Yeah. yeah, tore that shit right down. Head fell off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that's right. That statue. I forgot about that. But uh, so we all do it. We all want to like hide what was before us because what's what we are is good. What we do is right. Right, especially when it comes to someone like Saddam Hussein. Gaddafi. Like, yeah, like we we like celebrated it when that statue went down. Yeah, see the statue go down. Fuck that guy. We did. Meanwhile, that statue is kind of history. Like we really shouldn't have been fucking with it because like if you could see what Julius Caesar did, like if you could go back and see what Nero did, like all the atrocities that he did, you wouldn't want to see a statue of him. But imagine if someone came along and smashed a statue of him, you wouldn't be able to look at it today. Right. Like there's something about when you go to a, a museum and you look at something from ancient Rome. And you go, wow, that crazy fucker. What was Caligula's life like? Yeah. What was, what was this guy's life like? You know, these people were nuts. They were out of their fucking minds. They were living in a crazy, crazy time of taking over the world with swords and bows and arrows and shit. But is Saddam Hussein worse than them? No. No. No, not really. No. Just they should have taken period. that shit and put it in a museum somewhere. My Shouldn't college have. had Christopher Columbus pointing uh, at the cafeteria. Right. <laughs> yeah, when we were kids, he was yeah. a cool guy. Yeah. He just became something over the last decade or so, right? That Christopher yeah. Lum- Columbus was a piece of shit. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, another thing, um, I believe it's from Graham Hancock, but um, uh, the Iraqi museum had a lot of uh, material that just got wiped out during these wars that we'll never be able to get back that had to do with ancient or ancient societies and Egypt and things like that. So so during these wars, you know, the whole place was looted, you know, the, the museum was looted. So they lost all of those, you know. That, and that's a tragedy. Treasures. That's like yeah. the birth of modern civilization is like the Tigris and the Euphrates, that little valley there. You got to keep that. You know, I understand the politics, but you got to keep the history. Leave it alone. There's rules of war that says you can bomb anything you want, but the Colosseum in Rome, that's not cool. You do that, you're going to talk to you in the Hague in a few years. You know, the Great Wall of China, you guys leave that alone. Bomb each other, but there are protected sites in the world that need to stay protected. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like, we, we decide, like, okay, look, we don't even like you, but this building is pretty dope. Yeah. So we're not going to fuck up that building. And then I go, all right, you got it. Like, all right, no, no punching in the face. Okay, cool. You know? Yeah, because did they ever bomb Paris? Did like the Eiffel Tower get bombed, or anywhere around Paris get bombed? Not, not really. They, yeah, they just kind of stormed through there. Because they did. There was like a. There's still like a lot of munition. There's like this area outside of uh, Paris in France. It's like the size of Paris that you can't even go into today. Oh, because it's still like ordnance yeah. buried under the ground. Well, they keep finding stuff there. They they stack it up in these warehouses and shit. It's just like a depository for bombs and bomb chemicals 
they all fucking either launched them out of there or they landed there or they didn't go off or they left behind mines and bombs. It's like this huge area that you, you can't even go in. It's all toxic. And it's the size of Paris, apparently. Wow. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, wonder, was there a conscious decision to not bomb? Like, maybe, maybe they did, and I don't, I don't know it. I don't think they did. I think they just kind of rolled through there. Mm. Because, I mean, you figure, London got the shit kicked out of it. See if you find that picture. Just, there's photos of the munitions where they stack them up. It's crazy. A picture of Paris getting bombed from the from the area. Oh well, there you go. So they definitely got bombed. Did they leave the Eiffel Tower? Oh my alone? God! Look at that. Boom. 1940. Like, Holy shit! Wow. There goes our history. Like the Library of Alexandria got destroyed. That was in That's Egypt, a, though. I know, but I'm just saying. But that was during the Muslim. Yeah, yeah. Invasions. I know it was a different time period, but I was just, I was going to ask like that. Is there something today that contains a bunch of Mm. I don't know, history that could be destroyed and ruined. It's sitting in. Yeah, like Computers, bro. The problem would be if the power went out for more than a couple of years, it, it's never coming back. Right. If the grid got destroyed, if something happened that was so big that it destroyed the power grid and we needed to reestablish a grid, good luck. And, and then we lose, we lose 50% of the population in the impact. And then, you know, well, we were left with chaos and lawlessness and, and, and fucking people starving to death and no one knows what to do. Yeah, good luck getting the power back on. That and, all it would take is one of those things. It might take a hundred years for the power to come back on. And that might not even be negative intent of humans. That can happen yeah. just from the sun. Sure. E an EMP. We don't know. Right. We we haven't had electric long enough. We might have had an EMP. You know. What's that, an EMP? Explain uh, it to people. Um, uh, electromagnetic uh, pulse, which would take out all of the electricity. I like how you just say EMP. Like, we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. EMP. We sit around and talk about those all the time. No, so. this dog. <laughs> the magnetic we pulse is a motherfucker. <laughs> but they, they, you know, there's... Um, They've tried to make EMP weapons that that'll take take out a full grid, um, but if but the sun could produce that. So if the sun did that, it could have been done in history. Well, we just didn't have electric. There's evidence of an of an EMP or a solar flare that hit sometime in the, in the 19th century, and we only know about it because a telegraph like went down. All the telegraphs in America went down for like two days, and everyone was like, "What ha happened?" And then a couple of days later, everything worked again. And, and scientists think that it was a solar flare or an ejection that caused an EMP and just shut down all the power for a few days here. <sighs> it, would be a, it would be walking dead if it happened now. It's so crazy that we rely on that thing to stay stable. This giant ball of nuclear power that's <laughs> floating in the sky. It's a million times bigger than the Earth, and we, we count on it to stay stable. We do. What the fuck? Solar flares still happen a lot, though. They like, do. Yeah. The, recently, there was something that knocked something out from a solar flare. Yeah, but the yeah. sun has been weird lately. It's been really, really dark and strange with not a lot of activity. Someone been... smokes too much pot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the sun's been dark and strange dark. with not a lot of activity. Yeah, I'm, I'm an, I'm what like, are you talking about? I'm like, you, are you I'm being an serious? Ice? Yeah, I'm being serious. Oh, like, what's going on with the sun? Like The sun normally has a lot of solar activity, storms, ejections, all that kind of stuff. The last 12, 15 years has been really quiet. Oh, shit. It's dying. No, it goes, it's, it's a cycle. But, you know, everybody freaks out. It's, it's global warming. It's global cooling. It's climate this. It's, it's just a solar cycle. And it's just the sun is just chilled right now and taking a breather. And, and 10 and years even when you s they say solar cycle, they're measuring what they've been measuring over the period of, you know, what, whatever amount of decades they've been able to measure solar cycles. But just think about how long the fucking sun's been around. <laughs> the sun laughs at that yeah. measurement. Yeah, the sun's like, oh, you expect me to behave like I've been behaving for the last 50 years? Yeah, good luck with that, dude. 
Because I got a fucking temper. Sometimes right. I like to blow up a whole solar system. <laughs> Turn into a crisp. I watched this crazy documentary on hypernovas. And that they initially thought that they were ha- they were witnessing, when they saw these gamma bursts in the sky, they thought they were witnessing war between alien races. Like That was the initial reaction to measuring these gamma bursts in the sky. And then they realized somewhere along the line that you're looking at like a hypernova, like an enormous burst, an explosion that's so great that if it was in a nearby cluster, it would kill us. Yeah. Yeah. Like that gamma radiation, I think Just that is the blows. highest that we, can, that we can even measure. Yeah. And the, well, the thing was that it was happening all day, all throughout the sky. Like they would be like measuring this for the first time and they would see Like, all these different spots in the universe were experiencing these gamma bursts. How would you not think it's Star Wars? Yeah, exactly. I would totally think That's that. That's exactly what they thought. They're like, oh, my God, what if they come? What yeah. if they come and they have this kind of power? They have gamma power. Right, so we have to ban weed. We have to, you know, get society on the right track. But it seems like at least we could, like, give them our gold and our women, and they may, might leave us be. It might be possible <laughs> to negotiate. But you can't negotiate. I'm just kidding about that, obviously. But you can't negotiate with a supernova. You know, when a sun explodes and takes out the entire surrounding area for billions and billions of miles, that's it. It's like it's less, it's less feared, but way scarier. Right. You can't build an ark yeah. to escape a nova, you know? <laughs> like, it's just not, that's just a little water. It's, but it just, apparently it happens all the time. You know, and it's you probably can, one happening right now somewhere. And mm-hmm. you can never convince society of it that, hey, we got bigger problems to worry about than between me and you here. Then right. pot delivery services, you fuck. Absolutely. Speedweed.com. delivers outside of Los Angeles. So, so uh, you'll get a little package like this, just like Amazon Prime, although it'll be in a box that you don't, you know, looks like just a regular delivery. This is your uh, QVC. You're getting them, v- you're sending them through the mail? It's not through the mail. Uh, it's through, through medical, people? Through a medical courier, yeah. Oh, a courier, a medical courier. Yep. Um, How high is your medical courier? Well, he's in the middle of driving, going, "What am I doing with my feet?" (laughs) (laughs) They they actually don't know um, what medicine they have because they do all sorts of medication. They don't just oh, okay, so they don't just do pot. Don't. Um, Meanwhile, I bet they're still high as fuck. So, um, uh, well, you know, uh, there are regulations that are coming down for for transport as well. Uh, the Teamsters want to get their, their hands in transport, which they are uh, one of the people who are rallying against um, legalization of, of marijuana. Um, they're with the, the, um, the unions for uh, prisons, so they're kind of fighting on both sides. They, they want to be involved in transportation of marijuana. However, they're lobbying for, uh, to keep it illegal. They're the Teamsters. They're going to be on whatever side wins. Hey, of course. We're, we're over here now. Okay. Yeah. You're over here now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so again, uh, you know, uh, uh, what we were considered was similar to uh, the dominoes of marijuana here in L.A. We, we uh, are evolving. That's what we were doing before this lawsuit happened. We really um, want to be considered more like Amazon Prime. So uh, where you're... You're, of course you do. They make yeah. a lot of money. Uh, of course. Um, and uh, well, we think we're dumb. Well, n- now that uh, <laughs> kind of would be like Circuit City. Yeah. Well, Governor Brown's new <laughs> laws 
have changed so that marijuana companies can be for-profit now. They don't have to be not-for-profit, um, which is how it's been for the last 20 years here. So, um, and so that has to go into effect um, by 2018. So, so that, that's something to consider also. It, once that happens, that changes things for a lot of cannabis businesses. But that all said, every cannabis business that's in in L.A. that's not a dispensary in, in that, whether they're making edibles or they're making vaporizers or, or anything, and it's a thriving industry. They're all illegal, every bit of it. So regulation does need that, that to happen, uh, you know, uh, here in L.A. And what we're asking for isn't, hey, just overturn this. We're not saying that. We're, we're saying we know the city attorney does believe that safe access is important. But he feels he has to uphold this law that that was put into effect before he was the city attorney. So since he knows this is a bad law that he has to enforce, he could also affect change by helping go down the path of legalization for good businesses. He's he's not an idiot. He realizes uh, what a bad law is. He just knows his job is to enforce it. Got it. So hopefully, okay. hopefully he'll join the fight to find a path towards legalization. Okay. What can people do? The people that are listening uh, the, to wrap this all up. What uh, the people that are listening? What's a, a good way to follow this or a good way to help? Good way to help. If you're in California, a good way to help is to join our collective, even if you don't buy anything, and we'll keep you in touch with the politicians, and we'll put pressure on them. If you're outside of California... What does that mean, you, you politicians, you put pressure on them, joining? What, what would that entail? Uh, joining our collective, like if you're a medical marijuana patient, join speedweed.com, and we are working actively with the city to try to solve this. It's not my, So we're fighting in court, yes, on one hand, but on the other hand, we are conversing with the city like the city knows this is broken okay but what, what do you mean by joining your collective like what, what does that entail go to go to speedweed.com click join and you put your, your name email address that's all they have to do that's pretty much it do they have to show you proof of medical marijuana they, license they do if they want to order prescription but yeah. if but they could join your collective without doing that they need to show proof that they're a patient to join our collective. Oh, okay. All right. That's what I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we also have. You guys are so lackadaisical with this. It's so <laughs> normal. It's like, yeah, just join our collective. Like, what? Is, it's it's hard what to you know. It's hard to be you know. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Most I mean, people we, don't know what we're even talking about. I know. Like, what, they don't. Try medical. Make it what? Easy, easy as Drugs. possible. You could if you don't have your card, your your doctor recommendation, you could get it right on our website by doing a Skype session with your with your doctor. And you know, we That's told awesome. the story about about how how. How we got our cards in, in the beginning. It's oh. changed so much. Wait a minute. Uh, a doctor or you, I have to get my doctor to do a Skype no. session? A you doctor. have your own doctor. Right. Yeah. So not your doctor. You're saying- Not your doctor. Your we, doctor. We, we have a group of doctors- Right. That's what I'm saying. That are professional doctors that you'll do a real Skype session and they'll and they'll talk to you about what your ailment is and, and you could get your card. Instead of going somewhere, you could just do it right there. In your living room. That's an important point. Yeah. See, you were making it seem like the guy had to get like, oh man, I got to get my doctor to Skype. No, in no, no. People. Nope. <laughs> hey, doc, can minutes. we Skype in at one o'clock? <laughs> Jesus Christ. How many it, tokens? Uh, yeah. It takes 10 minutes to do. Right on our website, we have That's inter amazing. interactive See, people waiting that will- That's will, a selling point. Will uh, take you right through the whole process. This is what we need to do. We need to buy a warehouse in California and a bunch of people use it as their mailing address and then get people from other states- to become a part of your collective, and they have like a fake mailing address, and then we hook them up. Like we, all right, we got to talk more about right? that idea after this goes dark. Because city attorney's watching, and I know he is. It's illegal <laughs> to do it that way, but I think it's just funny that you know you have to be in this patch of dirt in order to follow those rules. 
Like you can't, right. you couldn't join the collective. You couldn't be like from Wisconsin and decide, oh, I want to join one of those California pot collectives. I'll Skype in with the doctor and no, you have to actually like well, have like your mail delivered here. It's so stupid. It's weird, like an arbitrary line in yeah. the sand politically. Yeah. You cross this line, go to jail. Yeah, to come back here, get baked, and have a good time. Well, that's what happens with people that go into Texas. You fuck up, and you're in a, uh, a tour bus, and you weehaw, this way is the best, <laughs> and you hear whoop whoop. <laughs> Oh no, that's a son of the police. Mm -hmm. You get pulled over and you're like, oh no, we got pulled over for weed in Texas. This mm -hmm. is not like getting pulled over for weed in California. Nope. And next thing you know, Willie Nelson's in jail. Yeah, that's how Willie Nelson got arrested, right? Yeah. That's it's hilarious that someone, such a piece of shit, they arrested Willie Nelson. I'd quit my job. So my kids are going hungry. Fuck this. It's actually I agreed. It's actually pretty scary getting pulled <laughs> over with weed in California nowadays because the DUI rate has gone crazy. Mm -hmm. My friend's a lawyer, DUI lawyer, and half of his cases now are just from marijuana. And they have a new test where they do the same kind of thing with your eye, but it, it like goes left and right real fast if you're high or something uh, like that, and if they feel like they, they can smell weed, and if, they, if you fail this test, you're getting a DUI just like an alcohol DUI. What are you saying? DUI. It goes left to right real quick? So, what? So you know when, when, when you get pulled over, they do the test with your eye, like follow my hand. Now, I think with alcohol, I think it shoots over, like your eye shoots over to the left or the right really fast, or it's jerky. Uh, when you're when you're high, your eye reacts different. It re it's kind of like a jiggly left and right effect. When it, there can't be any science to that, there, is well, there? Well, that's that's it. Right now, in, in find that out, Jamie. Right now, in court, they are fighting just that. And uh, yeah. If it's if it's a, like legit test, and and they don't have a like a .08 for weed yet, so they, well, they don't really have any laws. Here's to, the main problem. I think you'll agree with me. There's never been a study that shows there's any loss of motor skills. Nope. None. Right. There was one study about driving uh, while smoking weed and that they found that people actually performed better yeah. on the road. Well, that's the problem. It's not a motor skill thing. It's not like alcohol. Everybody knows that if you drink too much, you don't drive good. Everybody knows that. It's bad for your motor skills. Pot's not. It's simple. So what are they pulling you over for exactly? State of mind? So, because if it doesn't affect your motor skills, like, is it affecting your judgment? Can you prove that people who are intoxicated on marijuana perform less intelligently than people that are intoxicated on caffeine or cigarettes? Because you know they're doing that. A cop could pull a guy over. He could have a cigarette in the corner of his mouth, drinking a cup of coffee, and no one says a word. Those are two drugs interacting right. with each other. No one has a problem. So it's a state of mind issue? So And he could have those drugs and still have a right. couple of pops at the bar right. to really amp up all that aggression and still legally drive behind. But what is, um, what is intoxication? I mean, isn't intoxication supposed to be a loss of motor skills? Well... Right, but it's it's sort of arbitrary because right. what what is intoxicant? I mean, the the swab test just did not pass in California, right. where they were trying to to swab for THC molecules, and it's like, no, that's totally you can't not do work. that. You can't do that because someone can just walk through a party and then they get swabbed, and they're in trouble. They they don't even have any of it in their system. You can't mm -hmm. you can't you do can't. that. Like Gino. With what he smokes, I don't know. I don't even know when he's high. I don't know when he's stoned. Trust he's, me, he's high right now. I know he is. I know <laughs> he is. Trust me. <laughs> but you wouldn't know. Like you, so many people are high right now, and you wouldn't know. Right. Of course. So how can you test for it? Well, the the real problem is, what can you show is bad about being high? I need to see something on your tests where you show me why you should be able to pull people over with while you're wearing a gun. And shine a light in their face and get them out of their vehicle and make them do things. Like, what is the worst case? You're looking for marijuana. Okay. What's the worst case scenario that's going on with this person that's on the marijuana? Are they performing in any way, shape, or form where they're a danger to the people around them? So if, that's, if that is true, 
I think you have to prove that before you put people in a fucking cage. Yep. It also varies from person to person, I believe. I know a girl that smokes a joint. She can't drive. She can barely function as a human. But, uh, you know, like, Jay, you know, could do a whole ounce and he'll be fine to drive. as exact same driver as before, if not better. But this girl, no way. I wouldn't even let her in the car if she smoked a joint. Well, I bet she probably shouldn't be able to drive anyway. <laughs> How about that? You, should, you can't nerf the world, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but the, there should be, like, a test. We've talked about this before, like a marijuana test. Like, you are a 10, meaning you could do marijuana and anything and you're fine but this person's like a rated a six it's so. just but it's a mind issue it's the, not it's not a motor skill issue this is where the problem lies it's like yeah i guess some people would freak out when they're on pot and they would lose their mind and maybe they shouldn't be intoxicated but those people probably lose their mind if someone yelled at them right you know like some people are just weak yeah. they just whatever the, the glue that keeps their reality together is just really fragile and then throw some pot in there or a drink. I mean, how many people do we know that have one drink and they're like, woo! They get fucking crazy. That's mm -hmm. a person whose reality is really shaky. Right. But that doesn't have anything to do with me. You no. Know? And it, it, the, the idea that cops look towards that as being the standard is ridiculous. Right. So if you, like, if, I was going to say, if you have like a festival, like a, uh, a cops test potheads festival, <laughs> we would do it. Yeah. We would fucking do it. Oh, Look, for sure, you could have go-karts, set it up. What do you want to do? You want to have fucking one of those mud bogger races? Yeah. We'll do this let us smoke pot. We'll do all that. We'll have jujitsu tournaments where people smoke pot before they do jujitsu. Get orange cones yeah. and clipboards yeah. and some weed and people will join. F fuck yeah. And we'll learn. We'll know. Yeah. Well, you need to show some sort of significant issue. Because there's a significant issue with some people, but you're not even stopping those people from taking who knows what the fuck they're taking as far as antidepressants or psychoactive substances prescribed by their doctors. And how many people are on fucking Adderall, man? That's meth. They're taking meth. They're driving around. You know, I know a bunch of adults that take that shit on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yep. So w what you're dealing with is a lot of different chemicals that could potentially fuck with the mind. Like, why are you concentrating on pot? Like, you haven't shown any reason to concentrate on pot. You know, the chief of police uh, in New York City recently said that every crime could be tied back to marijuana. That's hilarious. Uh, that's including know, him. Uh, you know, which is He's a criminal. outrageous because it's just trying to give more reach for officer, police officers to pull you over. That is and, such and a crazy, you. irresponsible thing to yeah. say. Yeah. That's like saying every crime can be tied back to water. Or parents. Yeah, we all have 96% water and it's all crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's all stupid, man. It really is. It's 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 just something that should be a joke that we look back on from the 1930s. We look back and go, "Wow, look at the craziness that these people had to deal with back then." But instead, we have to deal with it today in the age of Google and information, scientific studies ad nauseum that all show the same thing, and none of them show any negative effects. None of them. There's like some questions about memory. That's it. But it seems to only affect you while you're on it. When you right. get off of it, it doesn't seem to have any effect on your memory at all. I mean, the head of the DEA currently said medical marijuana. That's just a joke. Let's 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 get past that. And um, the uh, head of the DEA before that, um, when asked by Congress, it, is marijuana uh, uh, more detrimental than meth? She said she can't answer. We played that many yeah. times on the show because it's so ridiculous. Oh, that was Leonhart, right? Yeah. yeah. She was and this um, was a senator or something kept grilling her. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen it, it's fucking infuriating. It is. So it, what's so infuriating also is that we all know. So how, how come these people who are in power 
aren't aren't in the know. Why, because why, why are it's they not hiding? that they're in the not in the know. It's that they are the official response, right? So they like that lady's just doing her job. She couldn't just speak out of turn. She couldn't. She would get fired. She couldn't just say whatever she wants, even if she doesn't. Even if she doesn't believe that it should be illegal, she's not going to say that. Because no. that's not her job. Her job is to do whatever the, her, the fuck her superiors tell her to do. Sure. And to stay employed and yeah. to make sure her budget doesn't get caught. Exactly. exactly. That's her job. So it's not even her fault. It's the, the fault of the system that they accept that. The whole thing is preposterous. It doesn't, it doesn't hold up anymore. Well, this is why we have to play this game of politics. Um, you know, we, we just want to want to run a business uh, and a good business. But we have to play this game of right. politics because if we don't, from the bottom, affect change to those people who are at the top, then... We then and let them continue to create these laws. We could just go another twenty years with these bad laws when right. there's no reason for it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I'm just hoping that what's going to go on is that as you know, from the time that I first got my license to today, how much more open it's been, much more relaxed people are, much more accepting people are of it, and much more accepting amongst grown adults. You just see the attitudes of people; they're changing, and people are understanding. How beneficial, it is, how beneficial it is, especially for people who need it medically. Cancer patients, things, things along those lines, kids with epilepsy, ADD, things along those lines. There's just so many people that benefit from it. It's, it's, hopefully, it's on its way out. All the, the laws are on their way out. Yeah. And, and you can't just uh, disregard the experience of, of the masses. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's not fair. No, it's because it's like, we're we're lucky to be in sort of the social media age, which can be annoying at times, but it also allows information to move very quickly. Yeah. So it's so if your kid is helped by having fewer seizures, everybody's going to know about right. that in 24 hours. So right. so you can't really suppress the truth any longer. And even Texas is polling positively. Yeah. P- Florida's going to pass it. You know, Pennsylvania just passed it. It's the. The dominoes are falling. The dominoes are falling, and people like Chris Christie are going to be, as Amber Lyon likes to say, on the wrong side of history. Mm-hmm. And that's just, there's no other way around it. It's just, this guy's a fool. He's a fool, and he needs to get off the sugar. Contact Mark Sisson, bitch. He'll straighten you out. Primalblueprint.com. <laughs> All right, that's it. Good night, everybody. Uh, thank you, Gino. Thank you, AJ. Thank Thanks, you, Red sir. Band. Oh, Red Band, you got a show uh, this Thursday. Denver Comedy Works. And then uh, we're there with George Perez and Ryan Dew. And the following week, we're in New York with uh, the Legion of Skanks people. And the Doug Skank Stanhope. Fest. Yeah. Powerful Skank Fest. So uh, Denver Comedy Works Thursday. Awesome spot. Tomorrow night, I'm at the Ice House with uh, Ian Edwards. Ian's doing both shows, and I think Joey's doing the second show, too. So um, this will be the last uh, shows that I do before I do my comedy special. So, uh, all right, you fucks. AJ, thank you. Thank you, Gino. Always appreciate you guys. LA Speedweed.com? Just Speedweed.com. Speedweed.com. Speedweed.com, you you fucking monsters. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, buddy. This is